If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. So in this episode of Mind Pump, uh, this is a fun one. Reminiscing. Yeah. All yeah. the guests that we've had. A walk down memory lane. All year long. How many total guests have we had on our show this, this year? So there's over 50 that we had uh, just this year. And we didn't obviously quite get through uh, all 50. I tried to drive us through ones that were their first time on the show ever mm -hmm. and ones that were probably um, more monumental for each of us or like, you know, changed our minds on something. So that was, you know, as we go through this too, uh, I had no idea where we were going to go. And it, I think it turned, will turn into a pretty cool episode for people that are maybe just now coming into mind pump and wondering what are some good interviews to go back and listen to. Cause we give a little bit of insight on a lot of interviews. If you're that person, both on the website and on the free mind pump media app, you can actually search any of these people's names that mm -hmm. we talk about right now. And you can populate, it'll populate yeah. that, that episode. I mean, we talked about our favorite interviews. We talked about the ones we didn't like so much. Uh, we talked about stuff behind the scenes you know what, and of course, what these episodes were all about, and how we met these people. It's sort um, of like a director's cut, if you will, yeah, of Mind Pump. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun reminiscing with you guys with all these guests. It's funny how many of them, just because there's so many, and you forget, and then you bring up the names, and right away I'm there. Yeah, you yeah, know, right yeah. away I'm putting myself right there. So you guys will enjoy uh, this episode, and also I want to mention everybody that this month, only this month, we're going to be giving away. Free access to our private forum for a full year to anybody who enrolls in any of our MAPS fitness programs. Now, we have MAPS programs for everybody. We have MAPS programs for people who want to speed up their metabolism and build muscle and strength. We have programs for people who are advanced and want to train like bodybuilders or who want to sculpt their body like bodybuilders. We have programs for people who are athletically minded or like functional training. We have correctional exercise programs if you have pain, knee pain, ankle pain, hip pain, back pain, shoulder pain. We have programs that help correct those issues. Uh, we have programs that are fun. We have strongman inspired program. Anyway, we got a lot of programs. You get the, you get the gist. Programs uh, for clowns. If you go to mind, if you go to mapsfitnessproducts.com, you can check out our maps fitness programs. And again, if you enroll in any of those programs, you'll get a free year access to our private forum on our private forum as personal trainers, fitness enthusiasts, other podcast hosts. And then, of course, I'm on there. Adam's on there. Doug is on there. And I'm even, sold if you're on there, Sal. <laughs> even Doug is on the forum. You can always tag us and ask us questions on there. And you get access for free for you. You are in the house. So it's really cool. Again, check out our programs all at mapsfitnessproducts.com. So that's it. Here we go. If people are wondering why we sound a little bit different. It's are we on right now? I yeah, kind of feel like a, like a little... like. Scraggly, like like uh, grovelly. Is that a adjective? I think it is. Grovelly, yeah, maybe. Gravelly, gravelly. Like there's gravel in your throat. It's like it's uh, it's because we're on the road. We're actually um out here in. Should I say where we're at? Sure, Pajaro Dunes. Yeah, let us know. We actually met someone today at one of the restaurants. We what was his name again? Adam. Adam. Good guy. Yeah, you should remember that. Love that guy. Anyway, um, no, we're out here doing some fun stuff, uh, surprise stuff. But anyway, so if you're wondering why, oh wait, we don't want to tell them. Do that breakfast place. We're going to the next program or no? No. Yeah. Well, now they know. Yeah. I actually should we tell them? I actually wanted to do something a little bit different today. Is this special? We're gonna do something special. Yeah. No, we're gonna do something special today. What I want to do today, it's it's what 
just it's a middle almost the you know we're getting close to christmas time right mm-hmm. and are you getting us presents justin we're gonna get presents uh, yes <laughs> so, he's such a gift giver i love it yeah, yeah. I'm more of a giver than a receiver, that's for sure. Are you oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's, well, yeah. Justin was telling me about that, about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys I, love, I love receiving your <laughs> gifts. They're, they're big and great. Okay. No, that's enough. <laughs> so I, I, was, I was talking to Anne the other day, and we were going over the list of all the people that uh, we've had this year. And, oh, and, you mean as guests? Yeah, as guests mm-hmm. on the show. And I didn't realize that we'd, we'd seen over 50 people uh, just this year. Now, some of those were return guests. Like we had a few people that returned, like you know Ben Greenfield who came back. Mm. Um, we saw check Paul check Paul check yeah. Ruscio came back on. So we had a handful of those that were friends of ours that came back another time. We saw a, a lot of new guests, and so what I want to do is I'm going to try and get through as many as I can. But because I bet you you guys have forgotten damn near half of them mm, by I now. Bet, yeah, and so. I want to. I want to bring the guest there. I'll tell you who they are, and then you guys tell me. I want to know what your impression of them before they came on the show was, and if you even had one. Because sometimes we have a guest that we don't know anything about. Sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So, your 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 impression of them before they came on the show, and then your impression of them after. What the a show. great question! Because mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I have. It's completely yeah. different. It's, Super you know, underestimated. Totally different after I meet somebody, uh, you know, for the first time, which is uh, a treat right. for me. So I'm, gonna, so I'm going to. That's my favorite. With that being said, I'm going to start off with one I completely forgot about, but I, it'd be interesting to hear your guys's take. Sam Parr with the hustle. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. You oh, know, you know what's crazy about that episode was me and Taylor had gone to CES, um, and we were basically late. We had to catch like a flight just last second for me to even make it to that interview. I, I don't remember. know if you guys remember that. Oh, I didn't remember. I showed up like the first quarter you guys started going into it. And then I just, I tried to be like as ninja as possible to like kind of just sit in on the podcast and be like, hey, what's up? How I much of it you missed? That. Do you remember? Do you remember how much you missed? I probably missed, um, I would think like 15 minutes. Yeah, or it so. wasn't much. Yeah, it wasn't like, yeah, I felt like you were there the whole just time. just started talking and I thought, oh my God, it was, yeah. it was like mayhem for me to get that. I came. Tell you so guys. now, did you, did either one of you know who the hell he even was before he really came on no. the show? So I didn't know. I know Taylor was freaking out because it was his lead. Uh, I, all I, I knew was what I what I discovered uh, just the short research that we did beforehand because I, I knew we had a guest coming in. I knew you know it was this, the CEO of this this company called the Hustle, and then Taylor kind of let me in on what they did. And um, so I had I had no I had no expectations whatsoever. I had no expectations. I thought okay, it's a CEO. We'll talk about business. That's always cool. But what blew me away about him was he was a great guest. But really what blew me away was re- realizing the power of one segment of new media that I had completely written off, which was email. And I don't mean in terms of email marketing. I had known that that was powerful because uh, you know we had learned that earlier on when we met with Mike Matthews and he talked about how it's such an important aspect of business. It was how he compared email to uh, newspaper. Yeah, He's like, this is how you get, this is a great, it's like you're getting a magazine or newspaper Treated it totally different and and created a like it was its own platform in a sense. Yes, like everybody else was, you know, he's like everybody's hanging out here on Facebook, everybody's hanging on Instagram, everybody's hanging on Twitter. Like email, let's make it entertaining to where people actually look forward to these emails and want to open it up 
And his open rates are were insane. I I think what's the normal? What's the average open rate of an email? Is like eight percent or so? Oh no, less than that. Like two to four would be like the average. Really? And his was like thirty percent, forty percent. No, he's ridiculous. And then he sells uh, advertising on these emails. And so I thought, of course, obviously, that's Mm -hmm. that's got to be. It's a it's new media. Just through email, but I completely wrote it off. So yeah, he was he was a treat for me. I uh, for that exact reason. I mean, we we were in the in the middle of really starting to get aggressive with building our list, and so to get a guest like that to come in and be able to talk to him, we got we talked about the business behind the scenes. So it was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. That was a surprise for me. Uh, how about uh, Courtney Olson? The watermelon girl. Oh yeah! Oh, wow. Remember we, we we met her. You and I man, met her. We met her. So Sal and I were down in L.A. and uh, we were speaking. Yeah, we were speaking at the L.A. convention, and uh, one of our listeners brought her up to us. Isa, right? Yes, Isa. Isa That's yes. right. It was yeah. Isa. I love her. So yeah. she 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 brought awesome. her up to us and was excited to collapse with us. She didn't know who the fuck we were. And we we said, okay, well, let's get in contact. We'll have her on the show. And she had told us, my episode is going to be the biggest episode ever on yeah. your podcast. I was like, man, this girl, this chick's confident. This is cool. <laughs> she has a lot of had a lot of charisma, and yeah. when you see her, you can't miss her. She's definitely a, a big personality. But then she's like, I'm the girl that smashes the watermelons between yeah. my legs. I'm like, oh, now I remember because there was a viral yeah. video. Remember at that point that I'd gone and I remembered her. Yeah. And she's she's very Dude, built, very, very she strong. She was very like no holds bar. Yeah. Like she, <laughs> she came in hot with some of her stories. Uh, I was like, wow. I actually, she actually was exactly as I expected her. I agree. Yeah. I agree too. I think, I, I think from what I perceived from the little bit of time that we met at the LA convention mm-hmm. and then kind of digging through her social media, looking at all her business stuff, I... I think I got exactly what I thought was yeah. coming. And yeah. I'll, I'll leave it with, that was a very interesting episode. Yeah. So different. Different, different. than what we'd normally ever do. Yeah. And yeah. and I think she did have a lot of great energy and tell some good stories. And I mean, so, she told us about her life and she has a crazy life story. Yeah. I mean, some 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 good stuff and some bad stuff. So. Right. And yeah. I, I love that about, I love that, you know, she does, uh, she was very uh, radically honest, right? We mm-hmm. talk about transfer. I might be jumping ahead, but uh, Luke's story like I remember him having like a very crazy story like that, like his childhood and then unexpected where that led him. He's and- number 12 on the list right here that I'm okay. going through. And that is like, just cause she was, it's a similar type of an interview, but I thought Luke's stories was even more crazy. Well, Luke, I, I had liked no, it. I had I liked no anticipation of that. I liked his better. Did yeah. You? Yeah. Because I, I, for that reason though, what Sal's saying is I totally, didn't expect that from him. And Sal and I met him. He interviewed okay. us. He interviewed Sal and I one time, went down in LA, super friendly, totally liked him, uh, seemed a bit nervous when we first first were doing the interview. Um, but I wasn't really, to be honest, like we didn't stay around and like hang out and talk to him that long afterwards. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really drawn to do much with him. And I think he was, he stayed in communication with us afterwards. And I really liked the way he, he was business-wise. And I thought he... Um, he didn't expect anything back from us. I just like people that are like that, that do good, solid business. Mm-hmm. I felt yeah, that he's way. He's doing about. well right now. I follow him. And so there was an opportunity for him to get on our show when he came into town one weekend. I can't remember what it was. And yeah, he was just in the area. And, and and we agreed. We liked him. Said, hey, let's let's have him on the show. But had no idea what was coming. And what a crazy Yeah, that was an entertaining well, he's also episode. A, he's also a podcaster, so he's really good at telling stories. Very and, good know, storytelling. Yeah, yeah, so it was a very entertaining episode. Crazy, crazy childhood. 
I think he was he was, was telling us like stories eight about years old. Yeah, like doing cocaine and crazy yeah. shit because of the way he grew up. And I was like, oh, yeah. you were a baby. It was insane. Yeah. Right. So uh, that was uh, number two, right? And then we, I mean, we jumped over to twelve. Number three was uh, Bedros. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think? What was your What was your impression of him before you met him? And then what was your impression afterwards? I had known of Bedros and actually went to a few of the fitness summits. So um, I knew him as, as far as like how he presents himself on stage. And I didn't really know him like on, you know, more of a personal level in terms of like what drives him, what motivates him, all that kind of stuff. And so um, I thought that um, he was pretty much what I expected in terms of like, I could see why he's so driven, you know, based off of the, his backstory and everything else. And um, I just love his, I've always followed him and liked him and like what he's doing because he's really helping to fit a, a massive need in the industry that nobody was really servicing. And he was putting himself right mm-hmm. there. Like here's, you know, sort of a blueprint to help you with your personal training business. Yeah. We should tell the audience, if you don't know who he was, he's, he's like this he helps fitness professionals build their businesses in essence through, uh, you know, social media, through different marketing strategies. He, when I, I, so I didn't know of him. You guys both knew of him. I had no idea who he was. And then I looked into him before we had him on the show and he reminded me of the old school fitness sales guy, marketing guy. That's what he reminded me of. And when I met him, I, it was pretty accurate. He's kind of that old school kind of guy, but he's adopted it towards the new school way of doing things. And the guy's got a great reputation. He works with a lot of our friends and they all seem to like him. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't like I, I was blown away with him. I wasn't, it wasn't bad. I, we had a great conversation, a lot of energy, very honest. Um, but he entered into a space where nobody else was doing that, you know, especially when he did it, right? He's been doing it for a while, I think. Long time, yeah. yeah. I, I absolutely loved him. Um, I, I knew a little bit of him, like like you said, you know, Justin and I paid attention to what he was doing, um, but I never took any of his courses. I didn't pay for any of his stuff, so I wasn't, Justin actually probably knew even more than I did about him. Mm-hmm. I just knew of him, and but I was excited to meet him because in our space, especially in, in when you talk about making money, and when I came into fitness, this was something that I kind of pieced together really quick for myself. I, I knew I wasn't the most educated trainer. I wasn't the most experienced trainer. I didn't have the greatest physique, um, but I did have this natural gift to sell. I love numbers. I love business. I loved all that stuff. I've always loved that. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of people teaching trainers how to monetize, how to make more money. Right. Like everyone was talking about how to be a better trainer or looking. Yeah, technique. Yeah, all things that I think are extremely important to being a successful trainer. But nobody was really pushing the the business side of it and the money side like Bedros was. And I think that's a really challenging thing to do. Uh, I mean, we've avoided that like the plague in our own business. Uh, We know there's lots of money in teaching others how to make money and we know that, and we know that there's people that want to pay us to help them build their business. And we really don't want to do that, at least not right now, because I think we all have the same hesitation. I don't want, that's not what I want it to always be about. I think what we, our mission is different mm-hmm. than that. Although as a business, it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to do that for us. So I think that's a very hard thing to have to, if you're somebody in our position or his position, to have to juggle that. And then he's made that full commitment to teaching others how to make a lot of money. And a lot of times those guys can be very greaseball-y and just slimy and because that's all what they're teaching, how to make more money. 
but I get I got such a great uh, genuine feel from him, and that's what I really liked about him. In fact, uh, it's exciting to watch what he's doing now. Yeah, and almost all our all our guests, you guys know that I I do my best to try and stay in contact and, and talk to him and stuff. He's one of those ones that treats me the same way like that. And, and mm-hmm. anytime I get that back for some of him, the Tom Bilyeu's, sure. Jordan Shallows, Ruscio's, there's a, there's guys yeah, he's that very approachable and, and yeah, professional. And he also takes, seems to take pride in maintaining those kinds of relationships. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I believe that he does it in the right way. He does a lot of things the right way when you talk about that. And it's really easy to, to cross the dark side. I feel like uh-huh. I, I, that. So I think that's what I like. And I, and I think he never tries to put on a front like he's this badass smart trainer. Mm-hmm. Like that's not his message. He's not like. No, I'm, in fact, he even said he wasn't on our pod. Yeah, on the interview. Yeah, so I love that. I love that it's like he's not trying to claim like he's the baddest trainer ever. He's keeping it real. Like, listen, ain't nobody out there teaching you guys how to make good money. Like, let me show you. Right. Yeah. So I, I really liked. Uh, yeah, I liked it. That's good interview. I liked him a lot. And that is somebody who would be around. I think for a long time with us. How about uh, Chris Cresser? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So did you guys know Cresser before he came on the show? Very little. Okay. So for me, Chris Cresser was some of the... I've read so many of his articles. He's been, on, he's been online for a long time writing about wellness, writing about health. He's a you know, functional medicine practitioner. And back when you know, I had my gut issues and all that stuff, his information was a lot of the stuff that I would read. And he's just excellent at what he does. Very, very good at what he does. One of the first guys to do so. So I was very excited to meet him and I really enjoyed uh, talking with the guy. But later on, he had me on his podcast mm-hmm. and we had a great uh, That was episode. a really good interview. Yeah, we had a really, really good time. But I really, really enjoyed talking to the guy because he's just super smart with how to approach wellness from all the different angles from you know Western medicine to Ayurvedic medicine you know chris cresser's just he's one of those guys you know mm-hmm. he he reminded me uh the same feeling i got when we met rob wolf uh i just i was really pleased by what they yeah. were like off air when we were talking to them very down to earth very intelligent not dogmatic you know that's something that i, I whenever i meet the, the people that tend to be kind of on the woo-woo side or they come they're teaching a lot of all natural everything super dogmatic yeah, yeah. and i didn't get that at all from Mm-mm. Him or Rob Wolf, and so Cresser was a, a a really nice treat for me. I, I didn't know much going into he it. He was actually surprising to me because I had listened to him on Joe Rogan's podcast previous to that, and so I knew a little bit about him and his delivery and how he's he's got this really like quiet, uh, yes. you know, laid back uh, delivery. And so I was like, oh, this might be kind of a boring episode to mm. be honest with you. But no, it was excellent. His his story, and I mean, obviously, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant guy. Uh, who is among the best in in the wellness space? Um, but yeah, I just I enjoyed his story of why you know and what led him to become uh, you know on this quest to to heal himself. Yeah, Chris Cresser is one of the people I would say who is responsible for the mainstream, of, you know, mainstreaming, if you will, of wellness. He's one of those people because he write he wrote so many did awesome blogs and articles has a great site uh, that people found his stuff and you know it's his information is just phenomenal so yeah that was a really good one uh, I'm gonna go over the ones that we've had on our show the previous years even though and we'll circle back if they were a really good interview uh, I want to hit people that we've how about um, Sean Baker yeah oh yeah, yeah. 
You know, a little sh- controversial. Well, he's really making his rounds these days. Yeah, so he's the carnivore diet doctor. He's a surgeon, and he's this guy that talks about just eating meat and how it cured a lot of his inflammation and, and uh, you know issues, health issues. Now, before he came on the show, uh, I had heard him on a podcast, and I thought he was, a, he was obviously he's a surgeon, right? He's a smart guy, but I was pretty sure I was going to go after him with some of his claims with the with his carnivore diet. Mm-hmm. Um, he. His social media can come across as dogmatic, but when you talk to him on a podcast, he isn't. No. Besides all that, he's a cool guy. I yeah. really like him. Like I really like him. He's like he's, a, he's like one of us. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he's a very cool guy. Yeah, very cool, big dude. That was the thing that surprised me. He's done a lot of badass things in his life. Well, remember when he walked in? I did not anticipate oh, a his giant. Hand, his hands just like engulfed my. Yeah. Head. yeah, I'm like, oh, this guy's a giant. Yeah, he's a, he's a big human <laughs> he's being. Huge. Yeah. You yeah. know, but that was a that was a good that was a good show. But I, I tried to challenge challenge him a little bit. Right. Um. You know, with his with his approach, I don't think eating carnivore diet is great. I think it's just the ultimate elimination diet, and I think at some point you need to come out of it. But. Um, I, I had a great, I had a great time with him. Yeah. He wasn't very firm in terms of like, everybody should do this no. and do it this way. Like, so that's, that's where it gets hard to really debate somebody is mm-hmm. when, you know, you know that they'll lean, uh, if you, if you point things out. Well, it's interesting. It reminds me of like when we have like Lane on the show or someone like that. Sometimes these guys on social media, they do things to get more ten- We all do. Right. I mean, that's part sure. of it. We do, you do the headlines or the shock and awe approach to get, attention and then you then you can you try and communicate and build your network oh he network. goes after vegans like it's, it's his job it's right super inflammatory right you know, and, he, and he does it because i think yeah. it caused but you get him in a room and you start talking about the benefits of it and i don't think he would you know what i think it is honestly i yep. think i don't i think it's less of him trying to get attention and more of him firing back because that guy gets so much all the hate yeah. hate from yeah. vegans That's a good point it's insane like t- and you know how, you know how some of the the really like uh, militant vegans can be with right. attack people. So, uh, how about Lisa Billu? We actually had Tom's wife on the show this year. You know, she we'd met her before, and Lisa is just a great I person. Yeah. She's a very fantastic human. She's a very welcoming person, very giving. Um, the hospitality that her and Tom give us whenever we're there is. It's unexpected. That's how good it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you expect your friends to be, you know, hospitable. They're they're phenomenal, and she's an exceptional. You know, she's just an exceptional host and a great person to talk to. When I when I meet couples that have things in common with Katrina and I, like they they I connect with them, right? I feel like Tom and her are are kind of a mirror of themselves. They they both have, and they're really good with people, mm-hmm. and they take a, and they and that mean relationships mean a lot to both of them. And you can see by just the way they treat others. And they both I'm, give a lot. Yeah, and I'm very Im- impressed yeah. with that when you have to do that at such a high level. I mean, we met Tom very early on. I mean, mm-hmm. Tom came on the show. Tom was actually one of the bigger guests to come on the show before we we were even that big. And I remember. Um, liking him from the very get-go, just the way he was. And he is somebody who I've remained in contact with. And he was the one who kept asking, telling me, like, hey, you should get Lisa on the show. Mm-hmm. And I love the way he did it, too, because he kind of, like, he recommended it to me, like, a year and a half ago, when the, or two years ago, when the first time we met him. And I was just like, ah, it just wasn't on my radar, all the things that we have. Everyone's got a ton of people that want to be mm-hmm. on the show, right? And, you know, after a couple times of us getting connected and seeing each other, I was like, you know, we need to have Lisa on the show, 
I think we could have a good conversation. And it was really good. It was mm-hmm. really, it was fun to talk to her. And, some great relationship tips in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, I thought I that was, that, yeah. that was refreshing and fun. So I thought that one was um, really cool. How about um, Dr. Zach Bush? Yeah. So Zach Bush was just, I think that was just me. That was just him. you. Yeah. Um, very interesting. I'm trying to remember. It was he's he talked about uh, using uh, those glyphosates. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. He freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, super, <laughs> yeah. super, kind of super. Sp- well, he scared me because or you scared me after you came back and you talked about like, dude, basically even you're like it's in everything. It's organic. We're <laughs> yeah. fucked. It's not even dude, organic. He's such a smart, like, oh, no. such a smart guy. But he really broke down what happens to the gut from some of these compounds like glyphosates. And, um, I mean, he did, he really solidified a lot of things that I was already believing, but then I became much more fervorous about, uh, but that was one of the few interviews that, uh, you know, we weren't all on. So it was just me and him kind of nerding out. Yeah. So if you're like somebody that's really into fascinating information and you like to nerd out on things, that's a, that's an episode you should check what out. What was our new Monsanto campaign it was like, glyphosate, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, how about Michaela Peterson? Yeah, Michaela was great. I found Michaela through obviously Jordan Peterson, who um, there was a stint there where I was really just learning a lot from the guy, and then learning from the things that he was recommending. Um, you know, there's certain books and people, and I started reading, um, you know, uh, Carl Jung because of Jordan Peterson, and I found other people like Bishop Barron through jo- Jordan Peterson, um, and then I found an interview where he was on a, a news show, and I think it was like in Australia or something, and it was him being interviewed with his daughter, and it was about her terrible autoimmune issues, um, which included psychiatric issues, but also included terrible, terrible uh, rheumatoid arthritis where she had to have joints replaced at a very young age. And she talked about how diet changing her diet kind of cured her. And the reason why it perked me up is because you hear that all the time, right? If I go online, I can find a million and one different diets that cure pretty much anything. But the reason why I I liked it was because Jordan Peterson came across as so honest. He's a psychologist, Mm -hmm. a professor. He's sitting next to his daughter saying, I don't have to take antidepressants anymore. So he's like vouching for it. And I'm like, this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. So we invited her on the show and she's a very, very sweet girl. Um, when I went down, where were we? Was it Paleo FX? And I went to that dinner with Ruscio, mm-hmm. and there was a bunch of people there, and I didn't know too many people. Her and I ended up talking uh, the entire time. She's a really, really cool person. So what did you guys think about her? I thought she was great. I, yeah. I mean, I saw a little bit of her stuff because uh, you you were the one that first mentioned it. I was already like you. We were all reading Jordan Peterson like crazy around that time, right? Mm-hmm. I think Mm-hmm. Uh, I think right around that time I was going through 12 rules. I just finished watching all of his DVDs that you were, you had turned me on to. Yeah, you mean YouTube videos? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, I, did I say DVD? You did. DVD? <laughs> you were watching DVDs, dude? Did you watch, uh, wow. you watch all the VHSs? So old. <laughs> so busted. tape decks. Yeah. yeah, so I was going through his YouTube side. That's so funny that that's, that comes more natural to say Isn't that. that right? yeah. Be kind, rewind. Fuck, yeah, man. Yeah. You don't have to rewind a DVD. Yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> but you can but we were we were like I mean balls deep in his information. I mean we were yeah. all reading and, and listening to his stuff. And I remember you saying like, "Oh, you got to check out what's going on with his daughter." And I did, had no yeah. idea. And then we started watching. So and I think too because she was taking the approach. We just finished up with uh, 
Baker, yeah. right? Sean Baker. And so like she was eliminating, going through that elimination process and kind of found Carnivore Dad to help with Well, him. dude, Jordan Peterson now follows it. And, yeah. and, and now here's the thing that with the, with a carnivore diet, it's the it's the ultimate elimination diet. And if you have a hyper, hyper reactive immune system, because you got to keep in mind, yes, there's food allergies and food allergies we identify very quickly. That's very easy to identify. But then there's immune responses that uh, are harder to identify, like depression or, you know, blurry vision. You know, Jordan Peterson talks about that. Or he said he used to have bleeding gums. That was one of his other things. Hmm. Um, inflammation, rheumatoid arthritis, pain, whatever. These are, could all be the result of a hyperreactive immune system that is reacting to food as if the yeah, food... Absolutely fighting you from within. Yeah. And so, and it runs in their family, obviously. So now Jordan Peterson, he eats carnivore. And he's like, I feel better than I've ever felt. He doesn't recommend it to everybody, but of course he feels better because when he eats any other food, he gets a high, he gets a, an immune reaction. So I thought that was just fa- oh, I thought it was fascinating. That's why I wanted her on the show. Yeah, yeah. no, that was For good. Sure. So we then we, we were a part. I think this is right after that. Then we headed down to L.A. and we did a trip and and we hit a lot of people for the first time. And one of the interviews that we did in L.A. This was actually talking about Lisa Billu opening her home to us. Uh, she actually did that right after this, where mm-hmm. we went down and we interviewed Taro, Taro with right. Four Sigmatic. Yeah, that was a sleeper. I thought. Yeah, I, I really didn't expect a lot of the interview, only because, I mean, I knew of, of Four Sigmatic and you know what Sal had thought of Four Sigmatic when we ran into them at Paleo Effects, but you know, in terms of like his knowledge and like storytelling or any of that, like I was pretty much. Uh, like I didn't, I didn't think a lot out of the interview. So I first met Taro at Paleo FX. So th- this was, this was God. When was this? This was two, maybe the year before. We'd all gone to Paleo FX, and at this point, Mind Pump was, it was growing. Um, it wasn't big, big yet, but it was growing, and really, we weren't bringing in a whole lot of revenue from sponsors. Um, at that time, it was just our programs. And I remember when we got there. I don't know if you guys remember. I told you guys. I said. I want to start talking to sponsors. I think we're ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it works with us, let's start. I'm gonna. I'm, my my goal is to go to PaleoFX and look at all these companies and see if any of them match with us. And so we were walking around. We were super hyper that day. It was hilarious. We had some really really fun times. Weird, yeah. And I saw the Four Sigmatic booth. I remember this. And I loved their products. This genuinely products that I used. They were the one of the only companies, uh, supplement companies that really gets it when it comes to making supplements and they specialize in, in mushrooms. And so I see Four Sigmatic, I make a beeline to it and it's Taro working the booth. I had no idea who he was. Oh, I didn't know that it yeah. was Taro. I had no idea who, I had no idea that it was, that who he was or that he was yeah. the owner. So I go up to him and, I, and I'm looking, I'm like, man, I love, I love Four Sigmatic. And I shake his hand. I'm like, my name's Sal Stefano. I said, I host uh, the Mind Pump podcast, and I started throwing off our stats because I'm trying to like like bedazzle him, right? Yeah. <laughs> because what I wanted was is I wanted yeah. I wanted here's a, what I got. For yeah, you. I wanted a connection yeah. to the to the people who we talked. He opens to. up his trench coat. Yeah, so I'm like, this is us, and who, this is what we do, this and that. And I love your product. I said, hey, who can I talk to you about talking to sponsorships? He's like, you're talking to him because I'm the owner. So I'm like, oh, perfect, and that was it. I, I that day right away I texted. What's him. really cool about him, and you know, it's like he was one of the first adopters to podcast. Uh, advertising. Yes, he was. And he, he said that on the show too. And I thought that- Oh, he covered that in the show? Four yeah. Sigmatic Four Sigmatic was advertising on podcasts when like a lot of people Way before everybody. Mm-hmm. He just saw it as, you know, be decentralizing and like all this like free information out there. He wanted to help promote it. And mm-hmm. he's he just does stuff like that. Like he did that tour just to raise awareness of like the benefits of mushrooms. And yeah. um, I just think that, yeah, he's, 
you know, he's a little ahead of everybody, you know, in his thought process. Oh, no, which is I'm, cool. I'm with you on the sleeper. It was a total sleeper interview. I'll be honest. I was not, I mean, I already talk about, I'm the one who hardly ever uses four sigmatic. You use it the most. I mean, I sporadically try stuff that you throw my way. If you're going for taste in, in the coffee we had, I yeah. was like, okay, I don't know, dude. Yeah. So I was not, and then I didn't know anything really about it going in it, but what a, it was actually a really interesting well, interview. He's, because, he's a brilliant guy. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, because if you've ever had any questions or want to know something about mushrooms, I mean, he talked about the history of mushrooms and all the different families and types and, mm-hmm. and what I mean, they do on Earth and, and, and what their benefits are. Yeah, and fascinating, fascinating random facts about them that I had no idea. And so, he's also just a truly brilliant person. We meet a lot of smart people, but some of them are brilliant. Mm-hmm. Taro is, is, is... Oh, like I say, he's ahead of his time in a lot brilliant. of directions. But if you're the kind of... Per- if you like to learn about these things and you want to learn about mushrooms, because honestly, up until relatively recently... When we look at foods, we learn a lot about fruits and vegetables and fish and meat. And for some reason, we forget that mushrooms are belong to none of those categories. Yeah. They're their own category. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add yep. something to the question I ask you guys because I think the audience that are listening would want to know this too. Because I feel like sometimes a lot of these interviews, even if we really like the person and all the great things they're saying, sometimes the flow just is, isn't there. That was one that flowed really well yeah, too. Like it's interesting. Uh-huh. It, was an, it was educational, but it was also interesting to listen to it. it it's not going to bore you to death. Like, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I thought our conversation flow was really good with mm-hmm. that one. So from Tarot... Then we went over and we saw uh, uh, Dr. Emily, uh, Dr. Emily Morse. She came Se- to us. Sex with Emily. Oh, yeah. that oh, was, that the, was the first time. You're right. Oh, yeah, because right. we interviewed her twice. Time we interviewed yeah. her. So, sex, so Emily from Sex with Emily, she's been podcasting a long time. She's very, very long good time. at what she does. Sweet, just a sweet woman, uh, very open, very intelligent, very bubbly. Um, I felt like she was visibly nervous or something for that podcast. Do you remember? Yeah. This was at Tom's house. Yeah. And she was like hyper. She was on it, man. Yeah. Uh, but we had a great conversation. We had a really good conversation. Yeah. I think she just had no idea like where we were going to take it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like three well, guys. She, and- she admitted that in the, the second time that we met and because we, we got, we asked that about it because she was talking really fast. I remember. Yeah. And she said, you know, I didn't know what you guys were talking about. She said, I'm not really a fitness person or anything like that. So, yeah. You know, so we give, I forget sometimes. People just think we're going to talk about fitness. Right. And that can be intimidating. Three three dudes that are sitting here talking to you about fitness. It's supposed to be their expertise and you don't know very much about it. Like that's a, kind of an intimidating conversation to have to possibly be in. Like where yeah. the fuck is this going to go? Yeah. No, but she's a sex expert and that's what we talked about. It was <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And I thought there there's little nuggets in that. Plus we're not afraid to, you know, explore topics i think she yeah was like oh wow you guys want to talk about oh, she's that? she's a great i love her i love emily i mean yeah. then the second time when we met with her that was also that was now yeah that was comfortable for yeah, everybody yeah. here's yeah. here's a neat one to kind of talk about because these two are you know on tv type famous people and we were in la we went and to and interviewed them and it was dr drew and uh mike catherwood yeah yeah i for i was excited to meet dr drew because mm-hmm. he's I mean, Loveline, and he's been podcasting forever, and he's a he's a legit like old and new media celebrity. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to meet him. Uh, great guy, super personable. Um, he had to leave. I think it was like halfway through the episode, if I wasn't mistaken. Yeah, and we were late, so that's that yeah. was also you know yeah, factor. Yeah, that was cool. Mike seems like were we late. Was, Mike was really cool. Yeah, we were. We were a little uh, bit late. I yeah, believe. the traffic. The traffic. Uh, I forgot what it was unexpected. Our flight was delayed. Oh, that's, that's what it was. What it was. That's fucking what it was. hate LA, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I could never live there. No, I really liked. Uh, I thought Mike was. He, he was. Funny, like entertaining. He had, um, you know, good perspective uh, that he brought too. So, 
Yeah, I was actually pleased with uh, both of them. I thought they were actually cool. They weren't just like the celebrities. I knew of them from TV, and you, you always like wonder, especially the ones on TV. Yeah. Like they're usually not very cool to hang out with, mm-hmm. you know, off camera. So, yeah, they're actually pretty cool. Yeah, no, I I like both of them. Um, I I liked I liked Mike more than than Doctor Drew, but I like I liked both of them. Like I when we met we met both of them. Well, Mike's our I mean he's he's our people. Yeah, fitness he's our, guy. Our that's what out. I mean. Yeah. So I so I, I I think I liked him more than I liked Doctor Drew. I thought Doctor Drew was cool, but I you could feel how busy he was, and I could tell his mind was elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but still being polite to us at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm so. Yep. I, I kind of have like a neutral feeling with him. Like, I don't know who he would be two times, three times. Four yeah. We didn't times. really get a good chance to meet him. Right. Right. It, it, that's how I felt. And, um, but I really liked Mike. So that one was really cool. You know, solid said something when I, when we were putting this list together, uh, about, you know, really feeling like the last like two or three months of interviews have been a lot better. And it's funny as I'm going through this list, you can, you can remember like as you go down, yeah, how yeah. much better we got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the year. I mean, since we're reminiscing every, I would say every hundred to 200 episodes, we go through a kind of a growth period. We kind of transform ourselves. I mean, we, even, le- we level up, man. Yeah. Even from the very beginning, you know, it was like the first hundred episodes and the second, and it was totally different. And then it grew. This was the year that we started to get good at interviews. And it, and it happened towards the back half. Because interviews for us has always been kind of a challenge. It's hard to bring people into the flow. Mm-hmm. And it was, towards the, it was towards the end where I really feel now that we're, we're having really good interviews, having a good time with the interviews, and we're starting to kind of get it, you know, with that kind of stuff. And as you're going through the guests, it's, it's becoming apparent, right? Well, yeah. yeah it's going to be interesting now as I watch as I start to name these. Because I look at, like, I feel like almost here on out, all of these were pretty damn good interviews i mean i even skipped over some back you know i was skipping over because i wanted to make sure i get through most of the really good ones to tell people and of course i skipped over names that we had already had on the show before but i mean the next guest up this was a really uh this was back home so we're back in town and we had uh ryan mickler from order of man yeah cool guy yeah i enjoyed that yeah i I really uh he's one of those ones that uh another sleeper for me Mm -hmm. where um you know, we met when we were in Tahoe. That's where we first had a podcast. Yeah, right? it was cool. You know, we were cool. That was the very first time we'd ever met before, and we podcasted. And, and I thought it was a decent interview, and we were cool. Since then, I feel like we've all kind of communicated via, you know, Instagram and text and stuff like that, and have gotten to know each other more. And I really like, I really like a lot of his principles and mm-hmm. and, and and the and especially I, father. He's very passionate about the, he that subject matter, which he, is great to see. Right, I, I do it. I, I really, he's a very intelligent, well-read man. I mm-hmm. think he's he takes his time when he articulates his points, and and I think he what he's all about is a really good cause at the core of what he's doing. He's got a great personality for like radio slash podcast show. You know, like he's he's. He really delivers it in an entertaining way. He, he his his podcast is Order of Man, and he talks a lot about you know being a man. What does that mean? Fatherhood, yeah. uh, and I think this is an important topic in today's yeah this time oh, climate yeah, right now. Yeah, this climate, yeah. and so Leading he talks purpose driven life. He he talks a lot about this stuff. So it's very so if you're into that kind of stuff, you should go check out that interview. It was really good. And then something surprising came came out of that. You know, after because he has a big podcast, he wanted to interview me. 
and not talk about fitness. He wanted to interview me and talk about politics, politics uh, and economics. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was cool. And we got on the podcast, didn't know how it would go. And his him interviewing me, that's one of the biggest responses I've ever gotten on an interview. I have I must I still get to this day messages from people who find that episode and tell me, you know, that they like Well, I passed over a name which will will now bounce there since you went there that on a probably one of the most uh viral episodes you did. Well there's two I think of that were bigger than that. One of them being when you were on Chris Cresser. Chris Cresser yeah, Chris yeah. Cresser. When you were on Chris well. Cresser, still to this day I still see leads trickle in yep. that are heard that heard mm-hmm. that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one was oh oh Lugavere oh Max yeah. oh yeah did Max. we meet hold on a second is was our first time interviewing Max this year I, bl- I he's on our list he's on my list really? here but I think I thought, it wow, might that's be. crazy I think I, th- I think we just met him this well year. he's on number seven this list would be beginning of the year you know why it doesn't feel like that because we became so close to him so quickly yeah, yeah. Max is one of the few people because we like most of the people that we meet and mm-hmm. some of them we like more than others. Very few do we not do we dislike, but then there's a very small uh, amount of people that we meet, and right away we're like, we are going to work with you. Yeah. You're our people. You're my guy. Max was that guy. I remember he came in. First of all, you can't not like Max. He's like one of the coolest, nicest, kind of likable dudes ever, right? Yeah. He's a super smart dude. Uh, you know, good looking guy, but he, he comes across very humble. And he was telling a story on the podcast, and a lot of it mirrored myself. So I already self-identified. I identified with a lot of what are we saying. Mm. Super cool guy, super great guy, super smart guy, very humble, great podcast. That was a great interview the first time. Yeah. Then he had me on his show, and since then, we, we, we talked to him all the time. Yeah, I would say Max is uh, another one of those pleasant surprises mm. where uh, and, a, and another major sleeper because when he was coming on, in fact – Max is the type of person who I'm typically really careful not to let through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And because if, you know, he was been on doctor, he'd been on doctor uh, or the doctor show, the doctor, Dr. Oz, a bunch of shows, and- wrote a book, best-selling book yeah. uh, was a genius foods. Mm-hmm. Very, very good book. And so sometimes when, when you, you get somebody like him, I'm, I'm very, very skeptical of like, you know, is this just another really good marketing person? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has that look because he's got a great team and he does, he is very well. He does very well. But when I met him, I was like, oh, wow, this dude is... He's arc. somewhat of a unicorn. I mean, to be able to have that type of information and deliver it to, you know, the middle America and mainstream and, and have them understand it well, yeah. that's a really... Like, you don't find that very often. It's usually what's the most popular. There's a lot of holes in, yeah. you know, he's, these philosophies. He's extremely likable. And I would, if we had a, you know, he would be top five friends of our like I'm trying to think for of, sure that's what I'm saying he yeah, makes that small list yeah he makes the small list of like you know and I think that list has grown obviously more than five it's probably like at least the top ten people that we all talk to on a pretty regular basis um, yeah he's he's a hyper intelligent guy and his story is phenomenal I mean the guy's mom you know was stricken with uh, Alzheimer's he just lost his and, mom uh, yeah and mm-hmm. you know our condolences his mother just passed away you know but he that's what drove him to figure out the best way to eat for brain health. Like how can we, because Alzheimer's is an epidemic. It's, a, it's an epidemic a lot of people aren't, aren't talking about. And as the population ages, it's going to be one of those things like diabetes that's just, it's hitting yep. everybody. Do you, do you remember the moment where I think he realized that 
he really liked us. Do you guys remember when it was? What moment? When we I were did. playing top golf. It was when we were playing yeah. golf. Oh yeah. He walked over. Oh, that was my favorite. He yeah. walked over to me and and I think what it was we had all all work people, right? He's about so, as awkward as I am with that with top golf. That's, so, that's why yeah, I love him so you much. You guys are the same guy. 100%. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've talked about this before. If you were to pass away, that Max would be your Max yeah. Would be the didn't guy. We, yeah, didn't we say that? Yeah, I, think I think so. So he he comes I have him meet us over at Top Golf. And this is really the first time we all kind of mingled together. Uh, before that, we hadn't done anything yet. It was just a podcast. Yeah, man. right. And so he came by, and he sees us all goofing around and, and playing golf. And you know, nobody is a good golf. Taylor is the only golfer out of everyone there. Yeah. But it's like a work type event. But I, he saw the way we were interacting and teasing each other, and it, and it, but it was like in a very brotherly love type of way. Yeah. And you could tell that. He was like, "Fuck, these guys are more than just a, a podcast interviewers and business people. Like, they're all you could see the camaraderie." And he came over and he had said that to me, and I said, "Oh yeah, man, we wouldn't even have brought you down here if we didn't really like you. We don't hang out with everybody. Like, we really like you." So yeah. that was, and then that was, and then we had Ruscio come down, and all of us yeah. were together. Who's the, another guy? And the thing about Max, and and this is a you can always tell. This isn't guarantee someone's going to be great, but or an awesome person, but it is a, a pretty good indicator. Max. He, he was watching us all golf, and yes, Taylor's the only one that knows how to golf, but you guys are also somewhat athletic, and then I get up there, and I'm just <laughs> hilarious with, with how I hit it, although I did pretty good through my, for, because I was able to calculate what I was doing, but anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. I go for a swing, and it's just, I look, you know, I look terrible, I'm, I'm jerky and, 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 you know, short with my movements or whatever, and everybody's laughing, You're and I'm laughing, you, you guys it. are fucking with me, and yeah. I love it, right? Max goes up there because we, we we egg him on. We're like, go fucking go. Yeah. Come on, dude. Play with us. Who cares? He's like, all right. <laughs> so he goes up there and he looks just as bad as me. It's like the same. If not worse. It was, it was the same swing. It was oh, the same. Man. And, and we all laughed and we were we were laughing at him and he turned around and at that moment, that's when you know, yeah. are they going to get offended? Exactly. Is he going to get like nope. upset or is he, he laughed along with us and yeah. loved it and then right away I'm like, this like, guy's fucking uh, awesome. He can yes. take it and it's all great. Yeah, so he, and then, then later on, that's when Ruscio came down. Now, before that too, we had done a podcast with him the year before. So we had podcasts with him before, but this is also what really kicked off us starting to hang out and spend more yeah. time with Ruscio because mm -hmm. I, that night, I remember I went on later on to go hang out with him and and have drinks, and we we were together almost all night that night, and that was when I really connected with with Mike a lot, mm. yeah. and they're all so he's up there with that. Mike was also and Ruscio's yeah, hung out with him a handful of times. Yeah, Ruscio is somebody who if you and we interviewed him this year on the list. If you, I mean, I think he is my favorite source of information anything oh, yeah. gut related. He's just a well. And he's very, very careful. Yeah. He's like so anti-dogmatic that he's so yeah. careful about to present it. When he presents it, sometimes I tease him. Remember when we were at the fire and I yell, just fucking spit it out, bro. Because <laughs> he's so careful to- he gives you like a thousand caveats. Yes, to like, yes. He know. doesn't, but he doesn't want to- I, But so, I get it. Yeah. I, I respect that though. It's because he's a doctor. Yeah, yeah no. He's very yeah, measured. Yeah. The, the way awesome. he presents information, I love it. He's just- One a, of my favorite conversations of all time- uh, uh, or in recent memory was that around the fire and uh, him, it was me, him and Pakulski and shallow and shallow. And we all went like, we went to like level 15 nerd. And we started <laughs> yeah, speculating totally. about all kinds of different things. And uh, one of my favorite things to do, uh, first of all, I love conversation. Obviously I don't think that's a secret, but I really, really like talking to curious, intelligent people 
to where I can get challenged and we continue to, to elevate the, the level of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my favorite conversations. Trying to solve the world's problems. And just, and, and not only, nobody's mad or irritated or whatever. We're just really no, interested. It's different perspectives. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun <laughs> to listen to for sure. So here was a, here was one that I was really nervous to do. I did not know how our audience would receive it. I mean, I know we're notorious for touching the third rails and doing things, uh, you know, zero fucks or whatever. And I was really scared to go um, interview a bishop. And we went and did- Were you really that nervous about it? I was. I was Hmm. really worried that we were- I could tell you were. Like he was going to get too churchy? Yeah, I, exactly. I didn't know if it, if it, he was going to come off like a preacher. And well, I a- remember Sal sharing because was, this was Sal's lead, mm-hmm. and um, it, it, I mean everybody under, knows like my what my beliefs are, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's he's showing me, and I'm like, I, I'm I've loved the information. I'm like yeah. Sal, I grew up listening to this information, so I love, I'm, I'm with you on it. But I don't know if I'm ready to bring some pastor yeah, on I don't our know if show. the audience is going to appreciate it either, right. right? But yeah. the more that I watched the stuff that you were sharing with me, right. the more I like, okay, I really like the way this guy, t- it reminded me of like Jordan Peterson, where the yes. way he presents a lot of the information in the Bible. And so I thought, okay, if there was ever someone we would do on the show, but it was a, a blast well, for me. Bishop Barron has to be one of my top three yes. favorite interviews of one all of my time. favorites. Now, here, here's the thing. First off, I appreciate something about the about the three or the four of us, I should say, is that we trust each other. And I appreciate that you guys trusted me with bringing a, you know, a Catholic bishop and interviewing him on the show. And, you know, my experience with Bishop Barron, so I was watching Jordan Peterson videos and, uh, and you know, agreeing with most of it, disagreeing with some of it. And, you know, when you, when you YouTube and you look up someone's name, other videos pop up. And then here's this Catholic bishop who, you know, Bishop Barron's opinion on Jordan Peterson. And I know Jordan Peterson talks a lot about the mythology, if you will, or maybe for lack of a better term, the, you know, how, you know, Christianity or the Judeo-Christian religions influenced Western societies. Jordan Peterson doesn't talk about it like he believes in God. He talks about it like this is how it Theology. shaped. Yeah, this is how it shaped what we believe and this is how we tell stories. And so that's what was really fascinating. So I'm like, ooh, I wonder what a Catholic bishop has to say about Jordan Peterson. Because Jordan they Peterson- call it heuristics? I yeah. think the way that you interpret the Bible with, uh, he broke all that down, which was very well, fascinating. Well, he, you know, he talks about the, you know, the meaning behind the stories, right? And Jordan Peterson is very careful to not say like, you know, believe in God or believe in Jesus or this. It's, he's more breaking it down like a, like a scientist would. Mm-hmm. And then here's a, here's a Catholic bishop. And I'm like, I wonder what a Catholic bishop would have to say about somebody who's breaking it down in this way without <clears throat> saying, I believe in God or you should believe in Jesus yeah. or whatever. And Bishop Barron did a phenomenal job. And he did a phenomenal job because here I am watching this. And you guys know me. I'm extremely skeptical and you know agnostic, used to be an atheist. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching this. And, I, and, and Bishop Barron made a very compelling case for why Jordan Peterson did a good job but didn't go far enough. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, if he can get me to... To understand where he's coming from, I want to watch more of his stuff. So I started going through his videos on YouTube, and in Bishop Barron reminds me of Carl Sagan mm-hmm. or Milton Friedman. You know, these are people who are excellent great communicators. Excellent communicators who, you know, if you're a if you're a uh, astrophysicist and you're doing videos on astrophysics, 
you're going to get astrophysicists and students to listen to you. That's right. no problem. It's getting people outside of that to hear you and spark their interest. That's that's very difficult. Carl Sagan did that. Carl Sagan, he he developed an entire generation of of scientists who were fascinated just from his videos. Milton Friedman did that with the boring, you know, study of economics. Bishop Barron does that with uh, religion in a way that nobody's ever done. So I watched his videos and I'm like, and he tackles topics that I've never heard a priest even try to talk about. Like, and it makes sense about it, you know? And, And so I was like, this is fascinating. I'd love to meet with this guy. And they were super great, you know, grateful that we contacted him and they were, you know, really cool. And you know why? It's so funny. So, I had no idea he was as big as he is. Bishop Barron's has a huge following, like mm-hmm. eclipses ours by far. And what they did is they got on the phone with me and I talked to Father Steve, it was, you guys remember Father Steve? Mm-hmm. And to see if we should be on the show. And what got them to come on our show was me saying, I'm totally not religious, but you, he got me to like listen to a lot of his videos and like, okay, cool, we want you guys on our show. Yeah. Yeah. Because they said, okay, well, this is a good, for them, it's a good message or It's whatever. interesting. It, um, I remember... And, and I totally understand why you had reserves, Adam, because I've I've been through uh, the same type of experience with church, and you know I've listened to countless you know preachers and, and really charismatic people deliver certain messages, and uh, like I was very concerned with jumping the shark, as yeah. you say yeah. all the time, right. uh, Sal. Um, and but I did remember that we had interviewed Perry Marshall, and. Perry Marshall was going to be this interview about marketing and like online marketing, all this stuff. And he, all he wanted to talk about was like the meaning of God and like, like he went crazy. You know, it's crazy. And I I loved it. I wish we were better interviewers back then because I remember when we were going into that interview, we were kind of like, ah, what should we ask him about? And we had this idea. I remember that interview and we had this idea like, Hey, let's, Let's ask an interview what they want to talk about, and then let's just drive it. That's right, and that's, that's how, how that, that got there. We oh, I we get them on that. the phone. We're yeah. talking to him before we get on air to, to record, yeah. and we and we're talking to him about, and he's kind of well, you know, what are we? What do you guys want to ask to talk about? We're like, well, what are you into right now? Mm-hmm. What are you reading heavily? And I knew I don't know one of you or both of you had inside track that he was already into studying evolution and creation. That, that was Justin, I think. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so you knew he was into that, and you're like, I'd really love to ask him about that. And we're like, well, fuck it. Let's just and talk. And just did. Yeah. And we were <laughs> scared crazy. to death. And that was the whole episode. Yeah. Uh, that was the whole I episode. was like mortified to, to see what the forum would like, you know, yeah. hammer us with. I tell you what, I was a little bit, uh, I was even a little apprehensive about getting a, a Catholic bishop on the show. But, you know, what I told you earlier is what convinced, part of what convinced me. Here's the other thing that convinced convinced me is you guys know me very well very well now i cannot stand hypocrisy i really fucking hate hypocrisy and i thought to myself and i said why am i so apprehensive to have a catholic christian you know bishop talk when i'm not apprehensive to have someone come and talk about fucking ayahuasca or Mm -hmm. you know you know spirits in the crystals or weird new age stuff and i say weird you know jokingly but you know, we have no problem having people like Paul Check on talk about this kind. Of, why am I apprehensive? I'm like, this is stupid. Fuck that. Like, it's just another segment of of that kind right. of stuff. Right. He's a very smart guy. Have him on the show. And let's see what happens. And again, one of my favorite episodes. I'd say one of my top three. Yeah, I I, I feel the same. And we much. got a great response, which was awesome too. Yeah, no, that was a, a, yeah. a lot of good ones. Here was a surprise one um, that I didn't anticipate uh, to be good, but I thought it was a really good uh, conversation. It led to another podcast. Um, was Larry Hagner with Dad Edge podcast? 
Yeah. That was that was a cool podcast. I mm-hmm. was uh I wasn't ready for it to be that good. I thought you could tell Didn't he interview you? Yeah, I was going to say I after the word. That, that led to the interview with Adam. Remember the irony of that was so he comes on the show and we kind of know of him we were con- I think Josiah connected us to him, I believe it mm-hmm. was, and he was going to come on the show and we we didn't know much about him other than what Josiah had kind of passed along, but we knew he was a good podcaster and he has a successful podcast and we thought okay, we can, we'll figure something out. You guys are both fucking dads. You guys mm-hmm. can talk dad stuff, right? That, <laughs> yeah. That's literally was kind of the attitude. Like, let's, and then we were like obsolete quickly. Well, we did the, we did the interview and one, you could, he interviews us. And I think that he did uh, a really good job. You know, it's always challenging to, to navigate through three guys and yeah. stuff like that. So I thought you could tell by his, it was a very professional interview the way he did it. And then I think, uh, I think it, the little bit that I talked to him about surprised him that I would have anything to contribute to the whole dad conversation. Well, you guys just had so much in common in, in terms of like, you know, how you grew up and everything. And I think he really connected with you specifically. And then that led into you guys going really deep on his podcast. Yeah. He, he called me up afterwards and he says, Hey, would you feel comfortable with talking more about your dad's suicide? And I said, yeah, no, I'm an open book with that stuff, man. And if you think that it, it can help some some of your audience, and he goes, no, you have no idea. He goes, you know, I think uh, your message needs to be heard to my audience. I said, cool, let's do it. And uh, what a response! Yeah, it's, what I, a response! I still get responses yep. from that right now. In fact, he actually just texted me yesterday, the day before, and his his team were going over their analytics and stuff from month over month, and he said like that that episode I think is the biggest downloaded episode that they have. And made such a big difference on his month. It was their largest month of downloads from that. So I got, I still get trickled in uh, DMs from that, mm. which is crazy to me because it literally, that's it kind of just, I kind of went through my childhood and what it's like being a, uh, a son to somebody who commits suicide at seven years old. And, and then, then all the change, all the complications and challenges. Yeah. Like yeah. We went into all the, did you ever listen to it? Did you guys listen to yeah, it? I, I listened to it. It was, uh, uh very compelling. Yeah, I, I would it was say, a powerful yeah, very, very powerful. I, I, I think it's, it's an, it's an important interview. If you guys haven't heard it, you got to go over to the dad edge podcast and find it where Adam gets interviewed because he gets uh, pretty deep. So mm-hmm. it's, it's good stuff. So after Larry, this was a cool one because uh, this was probably um, selfishly for us, uh, probably one of our favorite all-time guests just because of who that person is to all of us, and that was Mark Mastroff. Oh, oh yeah. One of my top, top What interviews. an awesome interview. Yeah, yeah, Mark Mastroff was the founder of 24-Hour Fitness, and now he's just this billionaire who's got all these fitness brands under his name. But, you know, we make we do not make it a secret that all of us were brought up. We owe a lot to him. Yeah, 24-hour fitness was my school for a long time. Yeah. yeah, I mean all the I did a lot of learning and stuff on my on, on my own, but the I got mentored by people who I still consider, you know, some of the most important mentors that I've had my entire life were people that I met there. What I learned about communication, sales, business, the way that company was run, I mean, it was so so far and ahead of of anybody else. It really was. I had this, I had this love hate relationship with it because then I had my own challenges after the company kind of changed hands after, especially after Mark left. But Masteroff is still. I still look up to him. Like it's funny. I I got more nervous meeting and interviewing him than other guests because he's still Mark Masteroff. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. well. I felt that with with all of us, he has that father figure presence because. I mean, let's, or at least for me, 
literally all the tools that I use uh, to today to be successful as a fitness professional all stem and are in uh, thanks and because of him. I mean, the what I learned at 24 Hour Fitness trumps so much mm-hmm. uh, of anything else that I've acquired later on or from other people. Those, 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 that foundation that was laid is because of the company he created. And even though he didn't have a direct, real strong relationship, all the people he trained and developed. It's amazing to to feel uh, how I felt for him, him coming in there, being like, "Man, this is the dude that made it possible for what we're doing today." Because yeah. It's also full circle because you know when, and it's hard to explain to people those early days of the growth of of Twenty Four Fitness and the environment that it was. I don't know how it is now because there's nothing like it right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't. Why. But back then, I can tell you, I can list literally, I can list ten people that I know who were performers, top performers in that company, general managers, fitness managers, sales counselors, operations, who are now millionaires all doing their own things. And it's because of how the skills that they learned and the environment that they worked in in those days of 24 Fitness. Literally, I can name 10 millionaires. That's the environment that we were in. I don't think it'll ever be recreated. And we were a part of it. And it's funny, you know, I left I left the company before you guys did. And then you guys ended up leaving. We did our own things and started our own businesses. And I always, it's funny having Mark walk into our studio. I wanted him to see how well we were doing. You know what I mean? I wanted to show him like, hey, look, you know, yeah. you know, your company hired me or whatever, and we did this, but now look what we're doing. And it was really I, cool. I also have this special- yeah, I want to be proud. You yeah. Know? I also had this special connection to him because I got to be a part of, you know, I was there for 10 years and I was there the first five with him and the next five without him. And that was- what it, what That it, was huge. Contrast, for, right? Yeah. And it was so important to my- my growth in business and just understanding business and operation like at that scale here you have this billion dollar company a guy that i don't even really see or get to talk to that much i mean i count on one hand how many times i interacted with mark over the 10 years that i was there or the five years that he was there and i was there but to see them pull him out and see the changes that happen because the leadership changed and how different of a, I watched the company completely change. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for the bad, it was not good. The, the best times were when Mark was leading in it. And it also, it's something that I feel like I will be faced with one day where, you know, you're at a point where the company is at a point where you have the options to sell it. You have the options to keep growing it, to just try and maintain it. I mean, and no one really thinks about that but I see that in like Joe Decina, like when we talk to him, who's got 300 employees and, mm-hmm. you know, can't be connected to everything that you're business. At what point do you realize that maybe this thing is causing me more stress than it is good? And what is the smartest thing for me to do? Mm-hmm. And to watch him leave something like that and then to watch it kind of crumble afterwards. And the big lesson from it was the importance of, of people. How important people, you can have all the best bean counters, you can have all the best, you know, CEOs coming in with all the the baddest background pedigrees, but if you don't have the people, the right people. And if the people don't believe in the purpose behind what you're doing, because that's what was lost. Like when Mark was there, people were, we used to say bleed purple because that was the color of 24 Fitness. When he left, that that attitude was 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 oh, gone, and mm-hmm. it 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 just confirmed that. And we talk about it on this show how important culture is in business. Doesn't matter if you you have a virtual 
online business, doesn't matter if you have a gym, it doesn't matter how big or small it is, how important the culture is of the success, especially in health and fitness, man. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. So that was a that was a Yeah, I remember you know, just to give you an idea of the kind of person that he was, I was a I started as a trainer, then I became a fitness manager very quickly, and then I wanted to move over into managing the clubs. And back in those days, they didn't they didn't move trainers over to general manager. General managers usually had a strong sales background or management background. But because I was such a high performer, they gave me the opportunity, but they said, you need to be an assistant general manager first. So I was an AGM, assistant general manager of the Sunnyvale 24 Fitness. Shout out to Club 506. So I was the AGM there. And I was doing, at the time, I was doing numbers that were totally unheard of. Like back in those days, if you would sell, just to give the audience an idea, if you were selling $25,000 worth of what these call commissionable sales, you were a killer. If you had $30,000, you were a god. I was hitting in the 40s and nobody had ever seen this before. And I'm, here's this, I'm this young 18-year-old cocky kid. And I remember I was upstairs, I was on the phones trying to make appointments and my one of my first mentors, Don Cardona, walks up and he goes, Mark Masteroff's downstairs. I knew he was the owner because everybody talked about it. And at this time, I think 24 Fitness had like 140-something clubs. So they were already a pretty damn big company. Mark Masteroff's downstairs. He wants you to give him a tour, treat him like a guest, and he wants to see what you're doing. So here's the owner of a company who <laughs> sees this some kid in the, some club doing things that no one else is doing. He, he came all the way to the club yeah. and had me give him Personally, a tour. Personally, just... Personally, yeah. and had me give him a tour, and so mm-hmm. I did. I treated him like a guest, and you know, this is either my be, me being naive or because I was cocky. I wasn't intimidated. I, I think I did a fantastic job. Right, did him a whole tour, brought him up. This is when the way I sold memberships was I sold fitness first. So I talked about training and the benefits of working with a trainer. Nobody had done that before. So he told me how great that was, how awesome. He gave me some objections to see how I'd overcome them, and then before he left, I said. Uh, I want you to make me a general manager. I actually said this to him. And he says, you're too young. And I said, Mark, I will sh- I will make it to the point where you have to make me a general manager. I'm going to pr- perform so hard. And he loved it. And he smiled and he shook my hand. He goes, I like I like you. I like you a lot. And he left. And sure enough, I you know, I became a general manager a few months later. But you know, to have a, a guy who owns a company that big come in and do that, Kind of cool, That's right? It's a big deal. Man. Yeah. No, no, that was a very yeah. big deal. And I think I think a uh, very important interview for all of us will forever be that way too, which is great too. We've now remained in contact. He was actually supposed to be here this week and I think had to reschedule. He's coming back in January. Oh, I can't wait yeah. for round two. Yeah, yeah. No, great. That's another thing too. Besides all of us. Oh my gosh, listen to that episode. I know, we're over here just, this, this just jerking him off awesome. on who he is. Yeah. But he actually, even if you had, don't care about any of that stuff, He's a great story. Oh, yeah. listen to that episode. Great, He's great. no holds barred, man. One, <laughs> yeah. one of the top. When, we got him to talk shit. I loved it. When I think of like the episodes that were, I mean, he he has one of the episodes that stand out to me that are just you could not care about anything in that space. Just told really good stories. Yes, you know him. Yes. Joe Decina was yes. was like that. You know, so that's a another great one that we saw again. You know, Very entertaining. Yeah, Joe. I mean, did not disappoint. The second time around again, he, oh my gosh. he came yeah. down. And He's such a we got to talk character. to some of his buddies. Yeah, that was that was fun. That's a recent episode, and if you haven't listened to that, you got to because yeah. halfway through the podcast, he's talking about his buddy, and he goes, "We got to give him a call." Yeah. And he calls the guy, and the guy picks up the phone, and that guy tells us such great stories. <laughs> yeah. I think he did that twice Just in that episode, right? Yeah. He knows a bunch of characters. Yeah. He did, awesome. and he's such a good guy. And he, man, it's so neat when you meet somebody too like that, and when you continue to meet people that know him. Have nothing but good. You talk about a legacy, right? Like talk about like, what do you want your legacy? Joe to be? is like a master off. Yeah, that, he's got that similar. Yeah, yes, to me that's such a such a 
great example of what it, what an incredible uh, guy, legacy this guy is leaving mm-hmm. when I I met I've met probably fifty plus people now that know Joe personally, mm-hmm. and every one of them loves him. Yeah, yeah. loves him mm-hmm. and speaks very very highly of him. So that was excellent one. Um, Flex Wheeler. Yes, Flex Wheeler was. How about Flex demanding his red carpet treatment? I know, right? <laughs> I want first class. Going big time. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> Flex Wheeler was. He's one of the greatest, or probably the greatest, uncrowned Mr. Olympia bodybuilder. I was a huge fan of bodybuilding in the '90s. Growing up, remember I was a skinny kid, right? So I want to lift weights to build muscle. So I'd buy all the bodybuilding magazines, all the muscle magazines. I'd read everything I possibly could to try and learn as much as I could. And Flex was always in the magazines. He was always one of those top guys. And so to, you know, selfishly, one of the, my favorite things about what we do is that we now have leverage to meet people we've always wanted to meet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when I would know. I ever be able to sit down with one of my, <laughs> a guy that I looked up to, you know, 20 years, 30 years ago, right. that we're going to sit here and talk about, you know, bodybuilding Yeah, let's or exploit this new power. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so, exactly. So now I can call him and be like, hey, I have this big podcast. You want to come on my own? I'm like, I'm going to meet Flex Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so we had him on the show and uh, surprising story of his yeah. childhood and what yeah. he'd been through. Very interesting. I think the interview was, I think it was good. I don't think it was like the best conversation, but I think it was good. Him going deep into and being very honest about how he grew up and stuff, I thought was fascinating. Did you have him sign your wife beater? Yeah, totally. I, 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 was, I, was, I was not a fan of him heading in. Now, I've always been a fan of his physique, but because I also have to deal with the back end stuff of like the, you know, what are we, where are they booking? What are we doing? And I'm communicating. Uh, was he a prima donna? Total prima donna. <laughs> total prima donna. And I'm like, this motherfucker, you know? Uh, and when I when we get people like this, and we, we've had a handful of them uh, that can be like this, where if we reach out to them and we, we invite them on the show, uh, they, they feel all big time. And then they try and stretch, well, can I stay here? And can I fly here afterwards? And, oh, I only fly first class. And get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. like, We're already uh, flying you out and paying yeah, for your yeah, hotel. That's a fucking nice treat because we don't do that for anybody. So uh, uh, Maybe in 1980. I so think it's a bodybuilder yeah. thing from it, the 90s. It, well, I'm telling you almost, it, it was all... Sean Ray did the same shit. Yeah, Sean Ray did the same thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Sean Ray, yeah. another top bodybuilder from the 90s. Same thing. He did that whole pre but so did John Meadows. Yep, exactly. So all the bodybuilder guys. That's and that was what They're was so funny. That like, red carpet. Yeah, man. we have much bigger people on this show that are happy <laughs> to be on the show. You fuckers want first yeah. class over but here. But Sean Ray, what a great conversation. That guy's entertaining as fuck. Yeah, yeah. what a great conversation. He's a, he's a great shit talker. Great shit talker. Yeah, Everybody knows him as that, and yeah. and good information, but just also very entertaining. I was surprised at how entertaining. Sean Ray was uh, on the podcast, so that mm-hmm. was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I and I should say that I mean, it, Flex surprised me and it was a nice treat. So I ended up really liking him when yeah, we got cool guy. once he got into studio. We did the interview. We hung out afterwards. Uh, I definitely really liked him, and I know I think you've remained texting him more than I have. Yeah, Flex but, is cool, but he's been really cool. And then Sean too was like that. Sean was a a, a surprise, mm-hmm. you know. A, a lot of people. He in the bodybuilding world, I thought we were going to rile him up a little bit. Like I we, remember, we were trying to get. He's him. got the. He's got this like uh, moniker of being like an asshole, mm-hmm. right? Like he's an asshole, which I thought would be good for the podcast. He was cool with us, and he was very entertaining. I didn't get too much of that asshole vibe from him. No, no. Mm-hmm. You know, we obviously went on this little run where we must have been this this little world right here. So then we went to Stan Efferding after this. Yes. All right. So Stan was cool. Super Rhino cool Rants. Yeah. Stan Efferding is a, a power lifter, bodybuilder, kind of a big uh, you know, muscle-building personality in social media and new media. 
Um, really smart dude. Um, great business guy. He very he, good business guy. He was somebody who I had been following for a long time, so I was excited to have him on the show. Yeah. Because I found him around the around the same time that I found uh, Lane, mm. and this is when I'm like, cause you, and I always remind the audience, it's like I was I was not this like aspiring bodybuilder or even give two shits about that mm. side of the world. I probably was more like Justin with the sports performance thinking sure. like that. Like I was not into any of that stuff, so I don't know none of these fuckers at all. You know more about bodybuilding than I do, yeah. and so. I'm getting into it, so I'm researching it. I'm looking up all the people that are the big names and who's making the waves on social media, who's putting out what. And I remember just like spending hours and hours on YouTube and on social media looking for, you know, information out there that uh, what was good. I was trying to filter, and so much bullshit yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. I felt like he's one of the the smartest. He like, was. That's where I'm getting bodybuilders it. that I've I've run into, and I was I very much appreciated that episode uh, because of his nutritional approach, his science behind it. Uh, things that he'd highlight in terms of like, you know, people really needing to look at more into salt and, and gut health, gut health and digestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, uh, I just appreciated that. Like he, he also was into like strength training and doing like real like compound lifts and, you know, he still integrated that a lot mm-hmm. and he looks like a freaking superhero. Yep, yeah. Yep. No, he was, he was awesome. I mean, yeah. and he was, he was as every bit as good as I'd wanted him to be. Um, again, I would follow him for a long time. I love the information he was putting out. It was only, he was one of the few I was consuming a lot of their content when I was getting into competing, and I really liked what he was putting out. And I loved his radical honesty. You know, another guy that you know openly talked about steroids. There's, he's not trying to hide any of that stuff, mm-hmm. and it was educating people on nutrition in the bodybuilding community. It just, I think he had a counter message to much that was out there and it's good to see him continue to get traction and keep growing. Mm-hmm. Cause he's a, he's a really good fucking guy. So I like Stan a lot. Um, after Stan, uh, then we had Warren Farrell. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That was great. Warren Farrell was a little third rail ish. Yep. I found him, um, a while ago on social media and he talked about the, you know, he wrote a book called the boy crisis and he talked about, he used to be a feminist and he left the feminist movement when he saw that it wasn't about equality as much as it was about, you know, creating this narrative of a, of a oppressive patriarchy and how that's all the, all the story is. That's how it's all about. But he's a very smart guy and he's very intelligent in the way he presents it. And he talks a lot about fatherhood and it's controversial only because of the current climate. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything he's saying that's controversial. I didn't feel that way at all throughout the entire interview. Mm-hmm. But I knew the response was there's going to be, especially YouTube. I mean, YouTube, I think, is a, a different. Oh, we got a nice little we got yeah, a, we got a lot of controversy. It's on a, that. It's a, it's we a different lost, place for different comments. We lost the most followers on YouTube. Uh, and not very many, but we lost the most we've ever lost. We don't hardly ever lose anybody on YouTube. And we lost some followers that day because, and it was unfortunate because every one of the people that, they didn't listen they, to None it. of them listened to the actual episode. Yeah, and it was really irritating to, to, to see that, like, wow, that you're so turned off. It's because things get politicized, man. Yeah. That's right. the problem. Because it was really a good conversation. I mean, he talked about, you know, the, the, like the value of, a, of, of fathers, yeah. why they're so important, and what happens to kids when they're not. I don't know how that's controversial. And, and both sides, he was bringing up and highlighting the importance of both sexes and what they yeah. bring, you know, to relationships and to, you know, the development of kids. And it was just very balanced and equal and rational. He, he was talking about the dance that men and women play with each other when they're courting each other and how the, the fear today of, you know, going, oh no, I don't want to come across as, 
you know, being harassing, I can't flirt, I can't do these type of things. He said, well, this is a new time and it's a difficult one because this is how men and women have always interacted. And of course it can go too far and be, be bad. But, you know, like, like we talked about that, like how, how some colleges say you need to ask for every step along the way you have to get positive affirmation. Like, can I kiss you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can I touch your boob? Yes. Can I? And, yeah. I, and he's like, listen, this isn't how people it's ridiculous. Get, this yeah. is not how it's people ro- not ro- normal interactions romance each other. And he goes, women don't like this either for the most part. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and yet that's something controversial. Which is yeah. Like, what right. I took away was a big thing was uh, just basically roughhousing and like yeah. the importance of of that type of play, uh, especially with, with boys, but also with little girls too. But it's just what that provides and like the insight he brought with that. I really like I it made me think constantly like I need to uh, do this more with my kids and, and I'm, I'm teaching them things. Did you They're learning? Did you increase the frequency of roughhousing with your boys after hundred percent? I did the same thing. 100%. Oh, that's funny. The same thing. And you know, what's funny. So yeah. check this out. Right. So, and this is, this is a hundred percent true story. You know, obviously you know, the audience knows I went through a divorce a, a few years ago and the hard thing of doing that with kids is that whole, you know, moving them from home to home and the kids have to adjust and my daughter, I'm, I'm a very affectionate uh, father. I tell my kids I love them all the time. I kiss them all the time. I do lots of things for them all the time. But every once in a while, my daughter would have a little bit of an issue when she'd come to my place. And I couldn't figure out if it was just my daughter having an attitude problem or is it because of this whole thing. We had the interview with Warren Farrell and he talked about the importance of roughhousing with your kids. And right after that, I'm like, I need to make more of an effort. And so I told my daughter, hey, do you want a roughhouse? She's like, what's that? I'm like, we're going to wrestle. She's like, oh, okay. So I started doing it on a regular basis. And my relationship with my daughter got so much better. She's so much more excited when she sees me. Mm-hmm. She knows that, you know, we do this thing where I, I get a blanket and she gets in the blanket and I wrap up the blanket and I carry <laughs> I carry her around like I'm Santa Claus and I swing her in the blanket and then she gets on my back and I try to buck around. She tries to hold on. And we play this game and it's so awesome because it's something she looks forward to. It's something that I can take away if she's not, if she's acting up. And it's a great way to have that interaction and fun with my daughter. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's well, because the, of that episode. And yeah. the message that he he gave about that was you're teaching her that it's okay to be touching and playing with another man and it not be sexual. Yeah. That's right. That's the big lesson. It makes them you, comfortable with their bodies. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good take. Yeah. That was, I mean, there was a lot of takeaways in that one. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. so, he was a treat. He's up there with, uh, personally, I enjoyed it a lot. some of my favorite interviews. I like when, I mean, I enjoy a fun interview and stuff like that where it, it's entertaining, but I like an interview sometimes where it like, like you say right there, like you went home and you fundamentally changed something yep, that yep. you were doing because of something they said and then saw a positive result. Yep, yep, like that yep. to me is a powerful interview. His Absolutely. was definitely that. You know, here's a sleeper. Uh, at least it was for me. Um, I Because I remember getting referred this guy and uh, turning it down like a year before because I kind of at first glance looked at his stuff that he was putting out, seemed a little woo-woo, whatever. And I was like, I just kind of moved on. But that was uh, Dr. Stephen Cabral. Mm, I remember he that. He was... He, he was, was fire. He was fire. Very and, smart guy, and he communicates it very well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like I've heard multiple people talk about subject matter that was similar, but the way that he delivered it in a different way, but it was like it clicked even more mm-hmm. somehow. Functional medicine doctor. He talked about Asian medicine, Western medicine, how they combine. Talked about all the issues that we're starting to run into now in modern times, all the chronic illnesses, autoimmune issues, thyroid issues, Talked about the benefits of sauna, how to use them properly, the sympathetic, parent sympathetic state. His episode 
lit up all the intellectuals that listen to our show. Yeah. I got so yeah, many messages from people. Dude. They were like, best episode yeah. ever. They loved yeah. it. It, it. That episode is packed it, full of information. It's yeah. one of those you listen to multiple times. There's not a lot of them that you're like, oh, well, I have to listen to it again. Yep. Yeah. You That's one of them. Yeah, if you're yeah. here purely for entertainment and you're not looking for information, it's not the episode mm-hmm. for you, right? But mm-hmm. it's it's exactly that. That's what it was. That's why it was jam-packed. Sleeper to me was, I one, I didn't, wasn't sure how much I was going to like them. Ended up really liking them. And then just knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. Mm-hmm. And again, to your point, Sal, he the way he communicates the information, I think he and we actually did some YouTube videos because he was so good. And they did very well. Yeah, we said, "Hey, Sal, you got to go talk to him about a couple other topics, so we can put that up on the YouTube channel that we that are done that are still performing really well." So that he was he was a great treat. Um, here was here was an interesting one. This was right after that we saw uh, Michael Wood, mm. uh. and Michael Wood was the the. I heard him first, or Justin heard him first, I think, and mm-hmm. then uh, and then introduced him to me on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, and th- he had a really good, uh, interesting discussion. He's a Baltimore cop who, you know, during that whole era of Freddie Gray, he came out and was talking about the things that the the police were doing behind the scenes that was very controversial. Yeah, that's why Rogan had on the show, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. He basically brought him on, yeah, to to clear up a, a different perspective from like uh, from the cops' perspective, but also that he was kind of fighting internally to change uh, the way that they handle a lot of these issues yeah. and things. So he was a different cat. He, he was, was different. Yeah. He was, I I was what I was trying to do there is I and I and I when I had heard him the interviews I'd listened to, he seemed like he had kind of a strong liberal side to him yes and i was intentionally trying to set him and sal up for a very yeah we thought that would make it a little spicy well i mean here's the thing i get along with liberal liberals ideas you know half the time and the same thing with with conservatives but there's certain things that he says that i fundamentally believe are wrong like you know the way he would talk about racism and and stuff like and so you know i thought okay well cool let's have a discussion on the podcast i'll challenge him and we'll have a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And he talked in fucking circles. It's one of my worst, my fa- one of my least favorite interviews because the guy literally would not make sense in the circular talk and use words that. What's the what? There's a word that describes <laughs> it where where you use 15 words when you can just use one. Right. <laughs> what yeah. is that? Where they uh, uh, anyway? There's a term for it. Yeah. Yeah. It just uh, just oh, I'm like okay. You literally communicated something that required one sentence, and you said a paragraph of big words and now we're back at the beginning. So I really did not like that. Yeah, he He's wasn't a, very judicious yeah, about yeah, his he was words. A, he was not a, he was a cool guy. He wasn't a bad guy or anything like that. But yeah, one of my least favorite interviews for me. Yeah, that was interesting. It didn't pan out the way. Yeah. I, I still thought it was an interesting interview. I thought it was an interesting perspective, but I, actually, to be honest, I probably had more interest in like off air. Yeah, we, talked we had a great conversation. Front. It was, yeah, it was fascinating to pick his brain about Sometimes that's a little bit of a bummer, right? There, yeah. And we, we always... We pride ourselves on on capturing this always for our audience. Um, sometimes it's just difficult uh, if we greet somebody at the door, then we end up standing there for twenty minutes and talking to them before they walk in. Uh, but we try and set it up where Doug has got everything set up. We're already sitting in in the the studio, and we bring the guest in, and you guys get to hear like the first five minutes of us. Yeah, we don't want to waste conversation. Yeah, we don't want to waste, and we want to be as authentic as possible so you guys get to hear if there's this awkward kind of meeting and, and warming up with the conversation or whatever. And he was one of those few where 
the stuff that we talked about off the, you know who else was like this? Robert Oberus was like this. Mm. You know, the crime, oh, yeah. I, 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 I'm like, oh my God, I wish our audience. Like the most epic stories you've ever heard. Yes. Like the, and then you turn we, the we couldn't, yeah, we, he wouldn't talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So every once, every once in a while we have these guests that, uh, and it's not that they're not authentic or honest. I think, you know, in Robert's case, I know he was, it was the stories he was scared to tell on, on air. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get, I get why he didn't share some of his stories, but yeah, that made sense. Yeah. But some of the best stuff we had with him was never made it on air. Uh, Michael Wood, I felt the same way too. Yep. Justin and I must talk an hour with him afterwards. And I left. Yeah. We talked, <laughs> we, 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 over we talked about quick. his, we talked about his relationship with Joe Rogan. We talked about his relationship with on it. And those guys, we talked about just, all kinds of stuff, and it was it was really fun talking with them. I'm like, fuck, this should have been on air. So, yeah. but that was I, th- I thought it was still a good episode, just a different cat. Um, and then we had uh, Rich Gaspari. This yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Th- this was one of Sal's. Uh, Rich th- Rich Gaspari was a top bodybuilder in the 80s and early 90s. Also owned one of the more one of the larger supplement companies of the I'd say the early 2000s he he start, he was the one selling the designer steroids before they became illegal he's one of the first guys to do that he created super pump 250 which is like one of the first pre-workouts to really I mean the way he marketed was just brilliant so I thought let's have him on the show and I thought it was a good episode we talked about business and whatnot I don't think it was a, a, a spectacular episode mm. but I thought we had a good conversation so I enjoyed it yeah, I think he had some nostalgia there, right? Mm-hmm. Like from uh, back in the day, just bringing him on. So it's it's interesting to talk to these kinds of guys. I don't think, yeah, it was it was quite as entertaining as it could have been. But uh, I, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of material there that was great to cover, and just like his, he kind of pioneered a lot of directions in terms of the supplement industry. Um, and you know, like sort of wedged his impression, uh, in that space mm-hmm. for sure. I liked him. I was, uh, I liked him. I was interested, um, in the conversation. I, I didn't feel like it was a great one. Like I, and not by any means because of him or the stuff we, just the stuff we talked about. There wasn't a lot, there wasn't, mm-hmm. I feel like it lacked either an incredible story or lacked incredible information or Something yeah, com- we kind of just got facts. Like, yeah, yeah, and I think, I think, it, I think, because of the people that we were having around that time, I think it was kind of cool to tie that all in. And I know that ties in a lot of uh, stuff that Sal talks about on the show. So I thought it was neat for those reasons, like for those that have been listening for a long time mm-hmm. and have heard Sal reference like certain supplements and his brand and things like that. So it's kind of that was kind of neat. But it, in the last couple of months, it was probably one of the my least favorite. Here was probably the scariest thing that we did. Um, and that was when we decided to touch another third rail and have a conversation with <laughs> Chloe Johnson and Bennett Casper, mm. the transgenders. Yeah, that's right. The transgender athletes. I was excited about that interview, yeah, actually. Yeah, this all happened. So the way this all happened for the for the audience who's not familiar, we had we did a podcast that was one of our Q and A episodes, and in the beginning of it, I brought up an article like I like I often do. It's oh, did you guys check this out? There was a, a an athlete in New Zealand, weightlifter who you know is breaking records. But the kicker is, it, you know, she's transgender. She used to be male, used to be a male weightlifter, and mm-hmm. then transitioned to female, and now is breaking records as a female weightlifter. And so we had this whole discussion about whether or not she has an unfair advantage. And we all agree that, yes, you have an unfair advantage if you mm-hmm. transition from male to female, you know, especially post-puberty. Like, you've already had all the benefits of 
male hormones and you get muscle hyperplasia, muscle fiber hyperplasia, you get bigger bones and you know it, that all doesn't completely reverse just because you go on hormone therapy and transition to be a female. And we're very honest that that was our opinion and we aired that and talked and, and you know we didn't get we didn't hear much from it uh, from our audience. It wasn't it was controversial, but I don't think we're we're very open, cool people. We weren't being, you know, like we don't hate on anybody. We're just saying, hey, physically speaking, we think there's an advantage mm-hmm. in this circumstance. And I got an email or I got a message from the Out Foundation, which is an organization that is, uh, it's, it's, you know, works with the LGBT community. And they, what they try to do, and I think this is awesome, is they try to get uh, more of them involved in fitness and health and get make it more accessible to all mm-hmm. of them. Because they view fitness and health as a very pos- body positive thing. And it's something that can benefit people who may be challenged from, you know, either coming out of the closet or who are transgender. And I fully agree. I think exercise, we, we know study after study shows that exercise positively influences your, your mental space as, as much as it influences your physical space and everybody should work out. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was awesome. They reached out to me and they're like, hey, you know, we heard your episode and we disagree with you. We think that there is no advantage uh, from for transgender athletes. And I said... You know, I, I said, I, I, I disagree. I said, I think in, in, a, in a particular circumstance, like if a male transitions to female, especially after they went through puberty, I said, I think there's a clear advantage. And, and, and I, did, I was very clear. I said, look, organizations, private organizations, they can let whoever they want compete. So I don't think there should be laws against it. But it's just my opinion. And they said, well, you know, what if we had someone come on your show to talk about all this and I thought this would be brilliant yes I said I would love (laughs) let's do this I said I would love if you could send me two you know send me a transgender athlete that can talk about this and they said we can do even better we'll send you two we'll send you a male and a female transgender athlete Mm -hmm. and then you guys can can have your debate or discussion on and I said look we'll be totally respectful I want them to change my mind but I don't think they will I know fitness I know the human body I said but I think it'll be a good conversation and you know what it was a great conversation it was very interesting. It was yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was interesting to see kind of how the conversation like navigated. And once they started to feel more comfortable, I know it's Bennett, right? The It was Chloe and Bennett. Yeah. So it was interesting to see when Bennett really started to get involved in the conversation where that started to go. There were certain things that Bennett said that I, I was totally against. Yeah. Like everything, he, he must have said, you know, cisgender white males are the, blame, are the cause of everything. Yeah. Several times in there. And, you know, at one point, I think Adam's like, no, that's not, we're not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, that, that was a, that was a, a scary one for me because I know it's a sensitive topic and it's a, I knew I had to go in there being, <laughs> because I know me with soft gloves. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and so I was really careful. Like there'd be things that would be said and I'm like, fuck it. I don't want to jump all over this already. Right. This is, I yeah. don't want it to turn into that. Like this is supposed to be, a healthy conversation, mm-hmm. but Bennett was saying several things that I'm like, I just don't agree with that. I don't yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And then finally, I was like, No, yeah. I don't agree with yeah. that. You're, <laughs> so, yeah, white privilege, white privilege. And Adam's like sitting there, and, and Adam is, you know, white, but has none of the privilege yeah, of, being, of being no white. Story of privilege, privilege. Yeah, up. it's it's a it's a. I'm, I don't need to go into it. People yeah. know my my views on all that that, that segmenting people and, and you know giving them value because of their their skin color or whatever, which is ironic coming from people who are trying to make everybody you know, blind to race and sex and all that stuff. Right. So that part was a little, a little frustrating, yeah. but at the end of it, we were all cool. Everybody respected the fact that we 
because we still disagreed. At the very end of it, we didn't agree that there wasn't that that it was all. Yeah, fair. no, I thought it was a, a very healthy discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really liked Chloe. I thought Chloe was Chloe's really, great. Yeah, I thought Chloe was mm-hmm. really cool. I thought she, I actually felt she was a lot more open minded. I think I felt Bennett came there to argue, had like a, a, had a chip on. He's he's, he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. He's a yeah, lawyer. yeah, and that's was... his background. And they and they had an opposing view to ours. And so I felt that apprehension when they first walked in. Well, I felt like he came in and saw three dudes yeah. looking the way we did, and he's like, "I'm going to attack." Yeah. You know what I mean? I need to be the the aggressive here. Uh, but at the end of it, I think they both realized, like, "No, we're cool." Yeah, it's I think good. I think we finally sort of had at the end of it, like we we sort of hugged it out and we were like, oh, we're re-, they realized our intent, mm-hmm. you know, with the way that we're trying to deliver information and and challenge certain things um, from a healthy place, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously, you, you know, our, our very understanding of people and just like listening to perspectives, and mm-hmm. I think that's the lesson through all this is that. We are 100% open for discussion, and a lot of times there's people we just don't agree, mm-hmm. and that's totally cool. Well, uh, what happens is there's a lot of people that will say, uh, you know, transgender athletes should not be allowed to compete in in these sports against their you know, against the gender that they now are, and being transgender is wrong. It's evil. You're you know whatever, and so there's a lot of that crossover. We're not those people. We are. Look, there's an athletic advantage here, but if you're you're a human being, you could do whatever you want to yourself. And if I like you and you're nice, I'm going to be friends with you. And that's something that the, that that really binds the four of us. Like if you look at our friends, we have this wide eclectic group of people that we consider friends. Mm-hmm. So different in the way they view things. Some of them liberal, some of them ultra conservative, some of them you know gay, straight, transgender doesn't matter. And so I think once they realize that, oh, okay, they're not those kind of people. They're right. yeah, and that that then it, then it turned out okay. Yeah, no. Then the the next one, uh, probably one of my personal favorites, uh, was Paul Fabritz, who yeah. is uh, JP, PJ Performance. Yeah, his PJ Performance uh, is somebody who I followed on Instagram back when he had just a few hundred followers. And I remember at that time, the reason why I was even looking at this stuff, I was getting back to playing basketball. I believe I was in a men's league and I was looking for good content again, looking for people that were providing good science-based, performance-based stuff specific to basketball. And he was like the only guy I had literally found. Mm-hmm. And I began following right away. And he was pretty small at that time. And I would be communicating with, communicating with him and saying, hey, great post and like commenting on his stuff. And this was before the podcast even got going. And then the podcast kept going. And I, I remember telling you guys about him like, dude, and I, I know I got you on to following him. Right, yeah, Justin? I got it. Yeah, you, you, you turned me on to his stuff like real early. And I was immediately a fan of what he was putting out and his, his content and information. Cause you got to realize too, that, uh, on the sports performance end, it, there is, are just as many shenanigans and gimmicks and ways to sell people how to train specifically for their sport, just to get your money in, mm-hmm. um, that it's just riddled with that. And so to have somebody that has a real science approach, um, that has really put in his own personal research. Mm-hmm. It was refreshing to talk to. Yeah, I didn't know him at all until you know we, we scheduled him to be on the show. And then I saw his social media and stuff, and I was really impressed with the stuff that he was communicating. And I could see that he was, uh, I mean, I consider myself a good trainer, but most 99% of my experience is working with the average person. 
here's a guy that works with elite athletes and he's one of the best. Mm -hmm. And to have him come in and talk and say things that I, you know, that I agree with made me feel good about how, you know, how, what, what a trainer I am. Cause I respected the show. Oh, he totally affirmed a lot of, yeah, my beliefs, your beliefs. It was great. Yeah. So to hear someone that I really respect, like, okay, this guy's a badass athletic trainer, like on another level that I, I am nowhere near. And now he's saying some of the stuff that we've communicated on the show. I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, yeah. I felt good about that. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a treat. I was not expecting, and I wasn't sure of how he would be on the podcast. Because he he really wasn't in the podcast circuit. Mm -hmm. I never really heard him talk for long, extended periods of time. A lot of the stuff I got was that... Yeah, just on his Instagram videos, really. Yeah, little clips of him providing information. But just what he was writing and the, and the clips that he was sharing and the way he was breaking down the science to what he was showing, I was already interested enough that I wanted to talk to this guy. And then I, we met and then absolutely hit he it He was off. great on the podcast. Yeah. Great oh, storyteller. He's natural. Great, yes, yeah. natural. No, and I thought, what a, what a cool person. I mean, this is... Harden's freaking guy, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, how cool is that? James Harden, MVP of the league, and we got to talk to his basically his athletic coach or his guy who's teaching him teaching him all his skill stuff and improving his vertical. So that was a treat and a half. Uh, this one was cool. Uh, <laughs> we could talk about how we actually met him, uh, Hunter McIntyre. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy's a character. That guy man. belongs in in some kind of entertainment. Yeah. I mean, he's very, we met him the first time we at the, at the Tahoe podcast hard event. We had all of our, our podcasting friends there and it was the last day that we were there. We threw our big party for everybody. Great event. And in walks in Hunter with, he was like wearing a big American flag <laughs> shirt with a, he had a cowboy uh, hat with like American flag shirt with his sleeves cut off. Yeah, super loud, super boisterous. But not, I thought, at first when he walked in, loud and boisterous, I'm like, oh, I great. thought I wasn't going to like him. Yeah, oh, I'm my like, God, yeah. Me too. I'm like, we're going to have to kick someone I thought he was going to be this like aggressive guy like at the bar where you're just like, dude, this guy. We got to get rid of this yeah. guy. No, super cool no, guy. he was super cool. Very entertaining, very, very charismatic, and a very, very cool guy. So we're like, you need to come on our show, dude. He definitely needs to be a pro wrestler. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Yes. He definitely needs to be a pro wrestler. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I could I could totally see him just like cuz he he I love how he comes at people when he's competing, like how aggressively he like uh, you know, talks shit to people and everything. So it's, it's he's just a fun guy to listen to and uh you, you know, if you're competitive at all, like it's it's totally contagious. Incredible charisma, you know, natural talker. Uh great story, super badass. Yeah, you know he's done some badass stuff. Super badass, yeah. humble at at the same time, but also confident at the same time. Humble but cocky as fuck. It's yeah, like this perfect blend. It is. It's and it's rare that you meet people. There's, uh, we, you know, we have a mutual friend. Larry Evans is like this good boy of ours. Um, I, I remember he used to come. Well, he was the first guy ever that I knew that would wear a, you know, pink <laughs> pink suit to work at the gym. You know, with <laughs> his, his Calvin Klein shades and popping his collar when he walked in. <laughs> But he had, but he had this such a likable personality that you couldn't help but love the guy. At the everybody same time. loved him. Yeah, it's yeah. Like so over the top. It's yeah. lovable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he and not a day would go by that he didn't remind you that he's the best. Yeah. You know, but it didn't bother you. It's so because he backed up a lot of his shit, which Hunter's like this, right? Yeah, Hunter's Dude's a like fucking that. badass, yeah. absolute badass. Talks about it, but he does it in such a likable way that you can't help yep. but smile and enjoy yep, the guy. Yep, that, yep. That interview uh, was such a treat. And then one that we just recently did too, right, right after that, we did, uh, you know, we ran the um, Paul for Brits. And then not long after that, we had Corey. Mm. 
Yeah. That, and that was through Justin. That was your guy, yeah, Corey, Corey Schlesinger. Yeah. Love that guy, man. Uh, I had he's to, the athletic uh, co- basketball coach Stanford. For, for Stanford, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. For the, Stanford, the, the men's basketball team. And I was fortunate. I got connected to him from Jordan Shallow. And uh, he. I, I remember talking to Jordan quite a bit about like different modalities out there and like who's really applying these concepts well. And he had mentioned, you know, Corey and just how he was actually utilizing a lot of these concepts. Like we talk about quite a bit like FRC, like animal flow, like, uh, like a lot of mobility practices, but also strength training, you know, power, explosiveness. Um, and he was just like, he's on a whole nother level. He's got it all, uh, figured out and the way that he programs is just masterful. And Mm -hmm. I got to spend some time with him and had coffee with him and and met and we just hit it off because again, one of those guys that really just kept affirming everything that I thought believed and, um, he's like, Oh yeah. And then he would take it to a whole nother level that I didn't even think of. And just my mind was going crazy. And I got to go up to Stanford and see his facility, meet a couple of his players and stuff, and just his workout setup. And he's just, yeah, he's just a fascinating guy. He's the real deal. Yeah, I want more. I want more people like that on him and and, and Paul. Great. Well, to be honest, they're hard to find. They really yeah. are. Like there's, uh, there's a, there's a big, you know, like Justin said, there's a, there's a ton of, you know, sports performance people are the people that are presenting that information. But there's not a lot of really good experts that are doing it, and they're hard. To, they're like hard to find. Like Justin finds this guy. Like Corey's not this big famous dude on Instagram. Oh, that's huge following. He's not even in the NBA. Right. Yeah. So and and remember, we talked to these guys. Like you, just because somebody's extremely high in the sports world, NBA or something, that doesn't necessarily mean they are the best coaches either. Mm-hmm. I mean, they both poke holes exactly. And a lot of the a lot of the the you know, it's about who you know when you're at mm-hmm. that level. So that's still kind of. And you guys know this. It, it's no different than. I remember being a kid, at least I were a co- or trainer, going back and watching my siblings playing sports. And they were playing sports uh, all the way from young, all the way through high school. And even some of them went on uh, to travel and do like after college. And I remember coming back and seeing the, the trainers that were teaching stretching and teaching things like that. And I remember just like scratching my head being like, what? These are... They should know better than that. That's like basic. Don't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. They should be, you know, and I remember thinking that and then seeing this even at the much higher level. So it's still prevalent that mm. in, in the NBA and NFL that just because they're elite getting paid a ton of money, not all of them are the best athletic trainers. And yeah, Corey's one of those diamonds in the rough. You know, Paul Fabritz is another one of those diamonds mm-hmm. in the rough. Like there's just not a lot of these dudes that are, are that are like that. You know, they're hard to find. So that was a really cool one. And then the last interview that we just recently did uh, also probably cracks um, my top five because I was totally, I love being blindsided. I love, uh, only one other time have I been blindsided this much and that was with Joe Decina. And I, and I, when I tell people now about this interview, I say, he, if you, he's the Joe Decina interview of uh, the bodybuilding world. So even if you're not an obstacle course race runner, you have to listen to the Joe. You love the story. You have to listen to Joe Decina's episodes because it's just a great story. Uh, listening to him talk and mm-hmm. his, his his story is awesome, and the way he tells it's awesome. Uh, and I felt the same way about John Romano. Now I recognize the name, and when Sal reminded me, like, oh, this is a guy who's wrote for T Nation. He wrote all the major articles and all the magazines you used to read as a kid. I go, okay, that, that triggered that. I remember that. 
but I didn't really, really remember as much as Sal remembered. And Sal was very excited yeah. to bring him on the show. And he just was such a treat for me. Well, John threw was, me off too because he, it was John like Giovanni or, or like it wasn't John Romano. His real, his real like name. His real name. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, 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 who is this? Wait, you know, and like we were sort of in that state of like, I I had no idea what to expect. Yeah, no, I, he was, first of all, he was impossible to find. So I, I was going through like a little stint of, that's when we had Flex Wheeler on, Sean Ray on, you know, all these. And so I said, okay, I want, I want to find people who I think will be great interviews that I used to follow back in the in the '90s and early 2000s when I was you know when I was a kid working out, and John Romano was he wrote articles he wrote for Muscular Development um, he did some stuff with Muscle Media 2000 he was close with Dan Duchesne and and, and Bill Phillips and that whole world uh, he had like a feud with Bill Phillips in terms of articles and stuff and he was very no holds barred. I mean, these were the first articles I'd ever read where he, he talked, where someone talked very honestly about the drug use in bodybuilding, the dark sides of the sport, um, how things really work. And the way he wrote his writing style, it's fun to read. And so I, th I thought, oh, I want to find John Romano. Impossible to find him. I was all over social media. So finally I go on Facebook and I'm like, let's see if I, and I found his personal profile, which is of course not, you know, I finally found that. And I'm like, is this really John Romano? <laughs> Sent him a message and he replied and I'm like, oh, perfect. I'd love to have you on my show. And he agreed right away. And the show was just so entertaining. The guy is such a great storyteller, yeah. great dude. And, uh, very, um, candid. Like, dude, we'll, we'll, he we'll did tell not you skip a beat. Nope. Like you, you mentioned something that's a little bit controversial, you know, sort of gray market area of, of what the conversation was going and he was just all in. Yep. yep. He told you everything. Everything. Oh everything. yeah. The, the guy, I, I mean, the guy wrote, he's uh, probably one of the most prolific writers in bodybuilding up there with top three ever sure, probably. Sure. And the guy wrote his first article in prison. That's where we started. If that's not enough cliffhanger yeah. for you. We started to, in prison to, and to it listen to that out. episode. Yeah. I mean, that in itself, and then and, and then built himself a very successful business and had so many great stories, so many name drops yeah. in that in that episode. He knew everybody. Yeah. Everybody in that whole world. Yeah. Which is really cool. So that was a treat, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, cool. I you know, I really it's I'm really enjoying that whole pro you know, for a long time interviewing was was one of the it was more difficult, right? We would do our episodes with just us with a lot of fun, great conversation. The interview process was hard to include people into that chemistry and it's starting to happen now. And it's funny as you go down this list and they become more and more recent, it's more and more episodes that are like that where we're having a lot of fun. So and I'm really looking forward to interviewing more amazing people for mm -hmm. the years to come. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, we're, we're very transparent on this, this podcast. And one of the things that we kind of had to do to, to build it up and to keep it going was, you know, when you, we do a podcast with another podcast, there's the most carryover uh, into the business, right? So if we, if we just interview, for example, John Romano is not going to make us any more money. Like it doesn't, we don't really see a flux in the business when a, when a great. He's not going to introduce us to a bunch of people who've never heard us. Right. The yeah. guy has a very small social following. He's not really big on podcasts. So it's not, we're, the business is not going to feel it financially is what I'm mm -hmm. saying. Right. Even though it creates a ton of value for mm -hmm. the. For the audience. Right. And when we were first get, getting going and especially last year and the year before, you know, we had to collaborate with a minimum of like six to eight podcasts a month mm -hmm. to keep the to keep filling the top of the funnel so we could make enough revenue to pay everybody and keep growing the business. And we finally arrived in a place where we don't need to do that to keep it going. So it's now allowed us 
to really start seeking after like, who do we want to talk to? Like, I really want to talk to this person. Mm-hmm. I really want to talk to this person versus having to take into consideration like, hey, I want to this person, but do they have a big enough network that it's also going to do us both well? And so those things were factored in where they're no longer factored in anymore. Right. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Like I, right think now, that has, I think that has to do with it. I also think that, I think that has a, lot, a large part to do with oh, it. But it I also think, a lot more interesting. I also think we're just, you know, we've been doing it more and more and the more you do something, the better you get at it. And, Having three people interview one person is a totally different. That's uh, that's a that's a, a different school. It's something you have to. It's something you learn through doing it. Yeah. And now that we've done a lot of them, I think um, it's it's fun. It's, it's fun working. As hell. Yeah. It's absolutely fun as hell. So. Yeah. I, well, there's there's no way I could possibly get through every single one that we did uh, this year because this this episode would turn into like some people are gonna get pissed. We didn't well, bring hey, him up. Here's well, a, here's a mention. <laughs> didn't we interview Ben Greenfield this year at Paleo? Yes. One of my favorite interviews. Yeah. Uh, it was of, at that house. Ben, what a great interview that was. That, that was awesome. That's when we really, I feel like we really connected with Ben and got the real like Ben all the way through. You know yeah. what I mean? That's when yeah. I really, really, really liked him. We reached him. a new level with him yeah, on that, that was a podcast. Great well, it, yeah. was. it was. That was actually up there with my top interviews we'd ever done. We we touched some serious third rails then. We, we asked some of his personal and spiritual beliefs mm-hmm. and uh, got into his family life, like mm-hmm. got real personal with him on that podcast. And it was very comfortable. We were all sitting on the couch together and kind of hanging out. Had a and, great time. Yeah, that was- We a, had a good one with Paul Check there too. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think that was my favorite one with him there. We had him again recently, but I think I liked even more the one we did in- uh, I think you're right too, Justin. Yeah. I, I think Austin. that- And I didn't bring that up just because we have podcasted with both those guys the year Multiple before. Times, so they yeah. weren't- I try to c- c- cover all the new- I mean, we we- we saw a lot of people this year that we'd also seen the year before, but I wanted to make sure I went through all the like the first timers that we in our yeah. first impressions. Well, of the, yeah. this this next year is, is one of the, is exciting for me. It's one of the most exciting times that we've been doing this to look and see the, the kind of growth that we're experiencing. It you know what we're the direction we're moving, the amount of people now that we're able to to touch and communicate to. It's very exciting looking back at this last year now. Now we're we're heading into the end of 2018. I would say this was the one of the more transformative years that we've of the four years that we've been just incredibly transformative and mm-hmm. it's setting us up for what we, you know, what our purpose is. What I think what, what we think our purpose is, which is really change people's uh, minds about fitness and health, or or to get take this industry and move it in a direction where it can really become the answer to mm-hmm. some of the health problems that we're seeing uh, in in modern uh, societies. And uh, I th- this is the year that set it up. You know, I believe that. I, I think this year was the year of uh, building the team and and acquiring the tools. And I think that we've acquired the tools, and I think we've built the team. Mm-hmm. And 2019 will be uh, about applying uh, that and will be about like our our people. I think those yeah. things is what will drive 2019 into being a really... The scaffolding and the framework is there now. Yeah. I think that we've, we've definitely done our due diligence in building all of those pieces. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just now we're going to get it's going to start getting even more fun from here. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. It's also cool to you know, just continue to, uh, you know, for us in our relationship, we're really becoming, uh, you know, like brothers. And, um, and that, that happened pretty early on, but it just continues to solidify as we continue working together. And it's pretty cool. It's cool looking forward because I've never done anything where I'm 
even more excited as this continues to go along, which is very strange because I was so fucking excited when it first started. Mm-hmm. And to see it go along and become more and more excited is pretty wild. Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. wild feeling. Yeah. Anyway, so look, uh, if you want to check out some of the information that we like to give people for free that's very valuable, go to mindpumpfree.com. We have a bunch of free guides on there. One of the more popular ones recently is a guide for new uh, personal trainers teaching them how to build their business. Prospecting is covered. How to get a certification or which ones to get is covered. Uh, how to sell personal training is covered. How to, how to schedule your pricing is covered. It's a free guide, but we have a lot of other guides on there as well. Just go check them out, mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.